Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Wednesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan Lavoy. I'm joined by Cam Berry today for the first two hours, and in the third hour, Cam will obviously stick around, but then we'll bring in Brant Daughtry and Brooks Childress, and we will have a wacky Wednesday. So that's coming up at 5 o'clock today. We will, we will be getting off there around 5.30 today. Auburn softball will be in action against Samford and Birmingham 545 airtime with J.J. Jackson and Jacob Hillman on the call of that one. So we will get off air a little bit earlier. Uh, but again, Wacky Wednesday coming up at 5 o'clock. Also coming up in just a few minutes, 3.30 to be exact, Kevin McAlpin of the Braves Radio Network will preview the Atlanta Braves season for us. Kevin has been a good friend of the program for a long time now. We're excited to chat with him about a new season of Major League Baseball, which again, opening day starts tomorrow or opening day arrives tomorrow. And so uh, excited to talk Braves. Also, we'll continue to talk about Auburn basketball and the roster management uh, for Coach Bruce Pearl and everything going on with the transfer portal. And, of course, all of your phone calls at 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, one triple nine tiger 9 as well as the birthdays in sports and a nightly TV guide at the end. Again, Ryan Lavoy, Cam Berry with you here for the first two hours before we get uh, the big party in here. But, Cam, how are you doing today? Doing good. Um, a little tired, you know, but uh... – you know, just a, a lot going on um, in the transfer portal now. We, we've had updates and, you know, losing Yoan Treor, one that is um, not very surprising. He didn't kind of have a, much of a big role in, in the regular rotation when things kind of uh, whittled down, uh, kind of struggled to get things going from really anywhere, didn't really shoot too well didn't make free throws just had no no real overall impact sometimes it just doesn't work out where you don't fit well you gotta get a fresh start but i mean appreciate him for picking auburn um you know once he did end up uh decommitting from lsu appreciate him choosing auburn and coming here and giving it a shot uh wish him all the best and then with chance westry um that one was the big surprise for everybody you know he auburn had just put out an entire piece talking about how he um you know, he was ready to come back and be bigger and stronger. He was gaining this weight. He'd been working out. He'd, he'd been rehabbing and everything. And everybody was really, he was excited to come back and, and play for Auburn. So that one was a big surprise and um, seemed like it took everybody, um, you know, just kind of blindsided everybody, um, as, as including the coaching staff from, from what I've read. Uh, so that that one was a big one. That's a big. Uh, that's a hole that we're gonna have to fill because uh, he was a six. He's six four combo guard. Uh, we were kind of expecting him to have a big a bigger role this year. Didn't work out. But next year, you know, we were definitely expecting him to have that role where, uh, you know, he'll be able. You know, he's a good defender and and um, 
you know, maybe the jump shot comes back and looks a little bit smoother because we saw him in Israel and he looked great. He looked outstanding and we were really excited to see what he could do. The injury obviously sets him back a little bit. Um, so maybe he's just looking for a fresh start. Maybe he just had a change of heart with how he wanted things to go. Maybe he knows something that we don't. Maybe we have, you know, maybe Auburn has uh, some some portal guys coming in that are going to impact his minutes now. Um, so maybe, you know, he knows something we don't, maybe in the next week we'll figure that out. You never know, but, uh, yeah, definitely a tough loss, but I'm doing great. Uh, Hawks got a win last night, 30th game in a row where they are now, uh, a game within 500. It's like, it's an NBA record. Actually, the previous record was 24 games and the Hawks have been either above at or below 500 in this in those 30 games. It's actually ridiculous, uh, that they've been able to do such a feat, uh, the most, the way I say it, we're the middest mid that has ever been mid. It's it's just like middle of the road, just hanging out around five hundred. Most five hundred team I mean, ever. Literally, yeah. it's it's just that. So um, that I always found that entertaining. But a win against the Cavs, so you know, it helps helps keep them in the play and chances um, right now. And so excited to watch that. And then today, um, the Falcons signed Calais Campbell, a, a really really big and good pickup that'll help the D line, a veteran leader all pro defensive lineman. I'm really excited that the Falcons signed him. Um, I was kind of worried because he, uh, you know, when he visited, he left and then there was no contract signed, but they said that he and Arthur blank had a conversation about community, uh, community service and leadership and all that stuff. They had like a two hour phone call last night and, uh, he decided to come and, and sign with the Falcons, give some better in leadership and, uh, the Falcons are going to need it. So I'm really excited. They've bolstered the defense really well with, with their cap space. And, uh, so I'm, I'm really, really looking for, and Desmond, Desmond Ritter has officially been named the starting quarterback. So I'm really excited to, to see how the Falcons progress, uh, in the draft, who they decide to take at, at number eight and, um, moving forward. And then, and, and then, you know, I'm just, I'm just ready for football season now. More than anything. Still a ways away, unfortunately. But we will be talking some NFL draft here in the coming weeks. And we'll, of course, have our own uh, sports call mock draft just before the actual draft, which is just about exactly one month away Can't wait uh, for from that. today. But let's talk a little bit more before we get our Auburn Bank phone line again. Uh, Kevin McAlpin will be at 3.30. But uh, before we, we get uh, our first phone call here, uh, let's talk a little bit more about this Auburn roster management. Talked about it with the guys yesterday, but get your complete thoughts, Cam, on, you know, obviously you just talked a little bit about Chance Westry and, and you know, on Treyor and the varying degrees of uh, surprise that that brought. But, um, you know, we've talked for several days now about how this roster really could go one of two different ways. It could look very similar at the top uh, than it did last year. Uh, with just some some new spare parts, or it could um, look uh, a great di- uh, a great right. bit different, where you could have uh, three or four of the of the top five players off of this team gone. So I don't really know if we really know what direction this is moving in yet. We do know that obviously a couple of guys that were not factoring in this year that I think the hope was one day they would factor in maybe as upperclassmen once right. they. Uh, once they developed, I mean, obviously the, the the initial hope was that they would factor in this team as as high coveted freshmen. But once it became clear that they were not really ready uh, for this physicality, not not college basketball ready, um, and then injuries to Westry included, then you were kind of hoping for okay, more of a long term development plan. Now that will happen somewhere else, and so 
again, Auburn now a few scholarships open. We saw Aiden Holloway right. at the McDonald's All-American game last Played night, who was good. Very well. Um, so, I mean, what do you see any direction starting to take shape for Auburn? Do you think that uh, this – which way do you lean in terms of will this be a complete overhaul or just a, a few adjustments to the roster? Do you, do you have a lean right now? Um, you know, I'm not sure. Obviously, I think I, th- I think we have some pieces that are 100% going to stay. I think I think um, Janai is going to stay. I, I do see Jalen Williams coming back. Um, Flanagan, I'm kind of leaning like I'm more like 75. He stays, 25. He goes, um, just to use one more year and and really, I mean, why not? Um, I think it'll maybe help him kind of just to stay the extra year, stay that fifth year. Um, I also think Trey is locked in. Um, and I I I could definitely see Wendell staying. Um, just because he's pretty much, I think he's a relatively cornerstone piece that bruce likes to have excuse me but um with aiden holloway coming in he's a really exciting piece he can really really shoot the ball and that's something that auburn needs i think that's something that they're going to focus on is shooting um getting getting somebody a shooting some more shooting um getting uh, alabama getting um the Jay, Jay, State uh, yeah uh, i think jaquan walker is his name something like that um Getting him, I mean, 40% three-point shooter. I mean, Auburn needs guys like that. I, I mean, uh, somebody with, with that t- type of pedigree that's going to help elevate your shooting because obviously I think we, we it was something we talked about throughout the entirety of the, se- the season. Auburn struggled to make shots. And they improved, you know, in the second half of SEC play, on the back half of SEC play, they improved drastically. They were the best in the SEC, uh, shooting, I think, at 39% from the field, uh, or from three, excuse me, as a team. And that's obviously something that's really good to see. But you kind of want to, you don't want that in just the back half of SEC play. You need that through the entirety of the season. You need that consistency. You want to team that can shoot uh, you know closer to you know between 30 35 percent you know upper upwards of that way um than than where auburn was which ended up at around like 29 percent which is just you know not good shooting from three at all um i don't know necessarily if the entire roster will be overhauled but there are just some guys you know that are 50 50 we just don't know like you know we don't know if kd will go or stay we don't i mean i mean I think Wendell will stay. I don't, you know, but there are other people that speculate that he might even be one that can end up putting his name in the in the transfer portal. So you never know. Just uh, it'll just take a matter of time. Maybe once we get a couple, you know, I, I think Auburn has three three uh, scholarship spots open right now. So you, you kind of got to see. Um, you know where at least one or two kind of pieces fall in it's just a a need right now just depth wise um and i think trey will uh have a have a bigger role coming in next year as well uh i I would love to see you know they're a little small but i would love to see him and aiden holloway play next to each other i think they'll complement each other's games so well um i think Trey uh, in the NCAA tournament proved that at least at the very least he can knock down shots. I mean, he was he was burning from three. Um, I, I think throughout the season, you know, there wasn't really much opportunity for him to do that. Uh, he played off ball a little bit more and um, kind of was set up and his spot up shooting. I mean, he was he was 
burning from three. So um, I think that kind of opens up a little bit more for for Bruce to use him in different ways that will be creative. And uh, Aiden Holloway, you know, uh, like I said, he's a really good shooter. So seeing him and then maybe that'll give, you know, Wendell the opportunity to kind of take the pressure off of him and not have him feel the need to score and do as much as he does. Um, and it'll kind of change the way that Auburn plays a little bit. Um, and um, I think I think it'll be interesting definitely to see. I don't like I said, I don't know if it'll be a complete overhaul. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if it was. So I'm, I'm still kind of in the middle right now. Uh, I think I'm still in like wait and see mode. Uh, and see if if we get a couple of transfers or you know whether they be big guys or whether they, they're just um, guards and uh, see what Bruce can do. It will be very interesting to see how they build the roster. Also, a little bit later, going to start to mention a couple of names that uh, are out in the portal that Auburn has contacted that maybe uh, would help the Tigers. I will spoil it that there are a lot of them. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and way too many to so get to. Many. You look at the list for these guys, and, and they run 15, 20 teams deep in, in terms of who's contacted some of these guys, but we'll give you a couple names to keep an eye on. 334-887-3401 locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We have time for a phone call before we get to Kevin McAlpin. First up on the Auburn Bank phone line, James from Montgomery. James joins us. James, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I know I know that y'all were talking about the newcomers that are going to be coming to Auburn that's going to be playing for Bruce Pearl in uh, 2024. Uh, yeah, a little bit. We're, we're still we're still trying to figure figure out who all that's going to be, other than Aiden Hallway, who we do know. Okay. Now, what about uh, Janiah Brome? Is he going to stay with us, or is he going to just go into the transfer portal to another university as well? I definitely think the strong lean is that he'll be back at Auburn next year. I uh, can't you know say with one hundred percent certainty until everyone actually makes that uh, very public decision, and, and at this. Uh, day and age of, of basketball, everyone's got to kind of make their intentions clear. So we don't know 100% certainty, but I, I feel pretty good about Broom being back with Auburn. Yeah, because, I mean, with Jannar Broom, I've seen so many uh, great things coming from him when we actually played our, I think it was like a, a spring game up there in Israel. And that and that was when I knew that Jannar Broom was actually going to be a really good star coming for Auburn as well. All right, well, then you saw that very early, although I know with Janai Broom, the expectations were pretty high because of uh, how good he'd been at Moorhead State, uh, particularly as a shot blocker, and he certainly turned out to be a really productive big guy. Yes, I saw because when I looked at his highlights from uh, Morehouse State to Auburn, I mean, it's a similarity between uh, his time at Morehouse State and his time at Auburn. So I think he might stay with the Auburn Tigers and actually get like some more like Bruce Pearl should get like more players as uh, as the new season is approaching in the near in the near horizon for 2024 as well. And I see some great uh, players that are they're going to be coming to Auburn as well, because I mean, Auburn is a really good university as well. And I, I hope that we win another uh, Final Four uh, March Madness tournament as well. Yeah, no, I, I with the scholarships that are open for Auburn and, and maybe more scholarships that do end up becoming open, uh, I definitely expect Auburn to continue to, to add to their roster, no doubt about that. Yeah, and then with um, the spring football game that's coming up uh, in a couple of in a couple of days from now for uh, Auburn spring football, 
I actually see a lot of great things coming out of T.J. Finley and uh, seeing great opportunity for uh, Hugh Freeze to actually make us as a championship contender uh, this this year for 2023 as well. Yeah, I think it's going to be very difficult to to build the program up that quickly. I mean, obviously, I know Auburn's expectations are high, but if you even listen to Hugh Freeze himself and some of the Auburn coaches trying to temper those expectations, at least in year one, they understand that they've got to get there at some point. But uh, year one with the building that they've got to do, uh, they're just trying to check some improvement boxes in the first year. And obviously the goal is to win as much as possible, but that may not be very practical for year one. Yes, that's all because well, I mean when the when I looked at the uh, when I look at the 2023 schedule for this year, I see some great wins coming out of Auburn. I see we're actually going to have a win against uh, UMass University. That's one win. Then we have uh, California, the University of California. That's two, and then we have New Mexico State coming to Jordan Hare Stadium. So that's three wins right off the bat for the 2023 season as well. So we're going to be three and zero. As well, yeah, they do have New Mexico State. That is later in the season. The Sanford game is the is the third game up, and they will want to win that Cal game. That Cal game uh, will be a, a nice little tester at the beginning of the year. A game that yeah. I think Auburn will be favored in ultimately, but For being sure. all the way out in California will be something to keep an eye on. Yes, yeah, so, as well. And then I'm looking at like the middle part of the schedule when we play against Georgia. I think we're playing Georgia at home. So I think that's going to be another uh, test for us. And I think that game will be like a night game for us. So I think if that, if that game was going to be a night game, I think that will have a huge advantage for the Auburn uh, fan base as well to actually see uh, this new improved Auburn Tigers uh, football team that Hugh Freeze actually put together as well. Will be very challenging to to play Georgia uh, this year, uh, really any year now that Kirby Smart's gotten it going there. But obviously, that's one of Auburn's big rivals, and so uh, rivalry games mean a lot. We'll see we'll see how competitive Auburn can be there in that home environment. Yeah, and then the last uh, game that we're looking at, uh, the last game that I'm looking at is the Iron Bowl when we play when Alabama comes to Jordan Hare Stadium. I think that's going to be Alabama's um, test. That that will test Alabama's uh, quarterback decision, but I don't know what Nick Saban might have, uh, you know, what quarterback they actually have out there. So, I mean, that's going to be their first loss, you know, of the season uh, without, you know, Bryce Young. He's an NFL star right now, so I don't know who's going to step up uh, to fill that quarterback spot over there in Tuscaloosa as well. Yeah, we will see. It will be a a uh, pretty intense race between their their current backup, who was the backup to Bryant, uh, Bryce Young, Jalen Milrow, and then uh, their five star freshman coming in. Uh, so I, I think that uh, we'll obviously by the end of the season, I think they'll have that worked out. We'll just see how it goes. What else is on your mind today? Well, um, I'm actually looking at uh, what Auburn men's baseball team is going to look like, and do you think that um, Butch Thompson has a chance? at uh, winning the um, College World Series this year. Uh, so the question is, who do you think is going to win the the College World Series or, or where Auburn can, can fit in that equation, basically? Yeah, it's like where, where, we, where Auburn would fit in that uh, category for the running of the uh, College World Series this year and who do you think that we'll play when that time actually comes? Yeah, I think it's going to be very tough for Auburn to make it all the way to the College World Series. Not saying it can't happen, 
Uh, being in the SEC will prepare everyone very well that, that's in this conference with all the competition. But the Tigers are, are more focused on, on making sure they are an NCAA tournament team first and foremost. They are not ranked, so they're not uh, – even though there's a long way to go, they're not in a great position to, to host or anything like that. Uh, and, and so I, I would not uh, favor them to, to be in the College World Series. There will be there will be some SEC teams that end up making it. The likes of LSU will have a great opportunity. Uh, Tennessee is always a factor. Vandy's always a factor. But uh, it, for Auburn, their their focus is just trying to win some games, get healthy in the pitching side, and and, and just make the NCAA tournament. Yes, I saw. And then uh, this coming up week. With um, women's gymnastics, I know they're out in Los uh, in Los Angeles, California today. So I wish them all the best of luck and uh, seeing if they're going to bring home uh, the title for Auburn. Absolutely, you got uh, gymnastics coming up. Got a lot of things uh, right here. You got equestrian. Uh, a lot of things coming towards a, an end in the sports world uh, for some of these spring sports. Yes, that's well because I've I've actually looked at uh, so many different uh, things over over time with Auburn, uh, seeing uh, women's equestrian uh, actually winning. Uh, I think it was like their first time ever winning uh, that division for Auburn. That that was a really good win. Uh, seeing Auburn women's softball take another win. Uh, seeing Auburn women's basketball uh, during the uh, March Madness tournament. Uh, Seeing them actually do great things with uh, Coach Harris and seeing what she's gonna what she's gonna improve next year in 2024, and I mean with with all of the sports around Auburn, I, I think Auburn is looking looking forward in the right direction as well. Yep, a lot of things on on the up for Auburn, and a lot of development needing to take place in some of those sports, but they're doing a good job of it. Uh, as you mentioned, in women's basketball, for sure, making the WNIT this year after a couple of really rough seasons. So hopefully some of those sports really are uh, starting to improve. We've seen the improvement with volleyball in the last year or two. Definitely some some sports improving. Any final thoughts for us today, James, where we have to let you go? Um, I don't have any final thoughts um, that I know of, but um, I'll just probably just say good luck out there for the Auburn women's gymnastics team out there in Los Angeles, California. Sounds good. And James, we will not have a show tomorrow, but we will be back on the air Friday. So we look forward to talking to you again then. All right. Sounds good. And War Eagle. War Eagle. That is James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Appreciate him for calling in. We need to take our first time out of the show. When we come back, Kevin McAlpin of the Braves Radio Network will join us. We'll talk all things Atlanta Braves 2023 when we come back on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. easy it is to listen to our show all you have to do with your amazon smart device is say alexa play sports call auburn i'm trevon reed former auburn tiger football player national champion you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 
Welcome back to Sports Call here on this Wednesday afternoon. Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LeBoy, and I've got Cam Berry in studio with me right now. And we are now proud to go back to our Auburn Bank phone line, and we welcome on Kevin McAlpin of the Braves Radio Network here to preview the Atlanta Braves season. Of course, you can catch all Braves games here in East Alabama in the Auburn-Opelika area on AM 1230 WAUD. Kevin, the time is greatly appreciated. Baseball is back. How are you doing, my friend? Well, it's like uh, Christmas Eve for baseball fans. It's, uh, it's opening day Eve, and, man, I, I can't wait. Uh, my, my vacation is over. I've been waiting to say that for a while. So time to get back to work, and uh, this should be a really exciting team to follow for the next six, seven months. Absolutely, Kevin. And this team, despite losing uh, a couple of great players in the last couple of years, obviously with Freddie Freeman and then Dansby Swanson, this past year still ranked as one of the three top three or four teams in Major League Baseball. So let's talk about uh, some of the cornerstones first uh, of this Braves team as they've continued to revamp and reload and just add on to an already successful run. And it starts at the corners with Matt Olson and Austin Riley. Uh, how much better can these guys be? Because they have been incredible uh, for Atlanta. Obviously, Olson last year and Riley for a few years now. What more can they do other than and what they've done here these last few years? Well, it's funny because I thought the same thing last year about Austin, thinking, man, he's, he's a pretty darn good player. Can he get better? And he did last year. I think defensively you've seen him come a long way the last couple of years. So I still think there's more in the tank you know, to unpack as far as Austin Riley's concerned. And that's pretty exciting for a guy who I feel like a couple of years ago probably should have been right there in the thick of an MVP conversation. Uh, I made the old bold prediction here today locally in Atlanta that I think Matt Olson might be in the mix for an MVP this year. Uh, you know, there's a, a lot has changed since last year. You know, remember, there was the trade during spring training. He had to pick up and move to a team on a different coast. He had to go to a team that wasn't expected to contend and compete to one that was trying to defend a World Series title, and he still ends up the year with, you know, 30-plus home runs. So I think that there was a lot weighing on him early on. Uh, pressure, you know, filling the shoes of Freddie Freeman, the big contract. Uh, you know, a lot more ticket requests here in Atlanta than he was probably used to getting uh, out in the Bay Area. So I think both those guys could be primed for really, really big seasons. And, you know, top to bottom, when you start looking at this Braves lineup, uh, it, it's got to be one of the deepest in all of sports, uh, or in all of Major League Baseball, I should say. Um, you've got guys top to bottom that can put the ball out of the ballpark. So um, I think that this is not going to be an easy lineup to navigate for opposing pitchers here this season. Oh, excuse me. And uh, talking about, uh, let's keep it in the infield here and, and looking at shortstop, obviously replacing um, Dansby Swanson as of right now is uh, Orlando Arcia. And um, we kind of seemed like Vaughn Grissom, he was coming along towards the end of the season. You thought he might end up getting the start and, and being the shortstop for the Braves. He ends up being down in AAA. Uh, talk about that decision and why you think the Braves kind of went with that. Well, I think it's a defense-first position when you start talking about this team. I mean, you go through the lineup, there's enough guys that can hit 30 to 40 you know, home runs in this team. You don't necessarily need that kind of offensive production from your shortstop. Now, it was great to have from Danzi the last few years, and he certainly put together a couple of really remarkable offensive seasons. But at the same time, you need guys that can catch the ball, that can make plays defensively, that have range. And they just didn't see enough from either uh, you know, Braden Shoemake or from Vaughn Grissom in spring training that they felt comfortable 
turning over the keys to shortstop to either of those guys. So RC is a veteran. He's been around, you know, he's only 28, but you feel like he, he's in his mid 30s. He came up so young. Right. So, uh, you know, he, he's a good defender. Um, offensively, if he hits 230 and he hits 10 bombs, I can live with that with, a, with how deep this lineup is around him. So uh, they're not going to ask a whole lot offensively. Uh, meanwhile, you get Grissom and Shoemaker that go to AAA. Try to get better. Try to get you know better defensively first and foremost. And we're going to see one, if not both, of those guys throughout the course of the year. But I don't think it'll be a short leash. I think they're going to give Garcia plenty of time, unless he just completely falls on his face. And I don't expect that whatsoever. So uh, it's an opportunity for more seasoning. Remember, Grissom just turned 22. He's just a kid. Not a lot on the back of the baseball card in minor league ball. And then for Shoemaker, a guy who probably never expected to even be in that conversation when he reported to Northport, and there he was a couple of weeks ago. So um, it's just more seasoning time in the minors. And let's be honest, there's a lot of guys that have really benefited from that extra time, and I think both Shoemaker and Grissom will be better for it long term. Kevin, when you look in the outfield last year for the Braves, they patched it together pretty well, but a couple guys they were relying on very heavily, the likes of Eddie Rosario, Marcelo Zuna, uh, e- even earlier in the year, someone like uh, Adam Duvall uh, really didn't come to fruition for them, and, and they ended up having uh, uh, several uh, very fortunate breaks in that Michael Harris was ready to play in the outfield. And while Acuna didn't have the power stroke, Acuna was able to be relatively healthy throughout last year. So as we flip the page of this year, uh, Rosario obviously had the eye surgery last year, but uh, even adding a, a depth piece like Kevin Pillar, how do you see the outfield shaking out and the confidence level that some of those guys get back to the form we've seen them in in the past? Yeah, I, I, I'm really confident. And look, I, I have told people time and time again, it's, it's funny, I was just uh, hanging out with some neighbors this past weekend, and we were having a couple cocktails, and they said, well, man, look at some of these spring training numbers. I said, uh, yes, it's great to see. I'd love to see guys hitting 350 as opposed to 150. However, uh, my eyes have deceived me a number of times when I've been down at spring training, and I've seen a guy hit like Ted Williams for three weeks, four weeks, and then he comes up to the big leagues and it never translates. I will say this, though. I'm really encouraged by the at-bats I've seen from Eddie Rosario the last few days. Uh, he really finished spring training on a high note, uh, really putting a charge into a couple of baseballs. Uh, and he had a good World Baseball Classic. So that is encouraging. I think that he's put the eye issues of the past behind him. Uh, and I think he knows what he needs to do, uh, you know, to go out there and, and have a bounce back. Now, I'm not expecting 2021 postseason cult hero Eddie Rosario out there, but I'm expecting a much better version of him. Look, this is a guy that was, you know, 30 bombs a few years ago in Minnesota. Um, again, if he gets anywhere close to that level, what a lift that would be for you on, on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. And then Marcelo Zuna, uh, to me, he could be one of the big X factors for this entire team this year. Uh, how much playing time will he get? Will he even ever put a glove on his left hand? I don't think so. Uh, I think he'll primarily serve as your DH when he's in the lineup. But, look, he did enough to, to earn a spot on the roster uh, this spring training. So, uh, at the end of the day, I think both those guys – Really, I was talking to Buck Ballou here in Atlanta today, and I said I think those guys could be 1A and 1B for maybe two of the most important pieces on this team all year. So I feel a whole lot better now. And, and you mentioned Pilar, you've got Sam Hilliard, and you've got a couple other guys, and Eli White, who's down at AAA as a, as a depth piece as well. Uh, you, you feel pretty good about that position, a whole lot better than I did to finish out last year. So before we turn our attention to pitching, 
with how this lineup will build out. Uh, Do you expect Brian Snitker to try and put Michael Harris down in the lineup and act as that second leadoff hitter at the end? Will he bring him up because of the the contact and speed element? Just just some. What are some of the things you're keeping an eye on with how Snitker builds the lineup one through nine? Whatever lineup you see tomorrow probably won't be the same lineup you see in two weeks or in two months. Uh, You know, early on, Snit likes to tweak it. Uh, I've seen him do that. Heck, I feel like we had a game or a stretch of games a couple of years ago coming out of the, uh, the start of the season where it was literally a different lineup every single night just trying to find the right combination. Now, I think what you saw yesterday uh, in the final spring training game might be as close uh, to what you will see uh, come tomorrow, obviously with Ronald leading off. And then uh, you had Matt Olson hitting two a lot this spring. I could envision a scenario where they put him in the two spot coming up tomorrow and then, you know, see how it shakes out. And then Riley third, Ozuna was hitting cleanup and then Harris five, Ozzy six. Uh, again, you got a guy in Ozzy Albies that could be somewhere between 20 and 25 home runs hitting fifth for a six for you. Uh, and then you go on down the list. You've got Darno slash Murphy. You've got uh, Rosario. Uh, and then RC is going to hit the bottom of the lineup for you. So I think yesterday, while it might not be the lineup that sticks long term, that could be pretty close to what you see when it comes out on Twitter tomorrow morning. And now moving on to pitching, uh, obviously the Braves do have their four uh, four starters ready, um, and and Snicker delivered the good news to Schuster and Dodd that they're each going to get an opportunity to start. Talk about those two guys and, and what they bring to the table. Yeah, I mean, relative unknown, right? I mean, it's but, but I'll say this. Uh, the Braves saw enough of both of those guys and they saw more from them than they saw of Ian Anderson and Bryce Elder in spring training. And I would throw Michael Soroka in there as well. But, you know, Soroka was slow. Uh, he wasn't, uh, uh, you know, starting off and, and ready to go right out of the gate. So, uh, obviously, the Braves saw enough out of these two young men to give them a chance. Now, they're probably going to get more than one time through the rotation because as in years past where you have a number of off days early on in the year, you don't have that this season. They only have three off days in the first month of the season. So that makes pitching a whole lot more of a priority uh, than it ever would be in the month of April. So uh, both these guys, I think they showed uh, you know a good command of the zone, repeatable mechanics, repeatable delivery. Uh, you know, Again, the thing you like is you're not seeing a whole lot of walks. That was what plagued Ian Anderson. He got a couple appearances. He struck out eight, but he walked eight. That ratio is not going to fly at any level. So uh, deep down, I think the Braves really kind of want to see what they have in these guys. Uh, and I think that these guys are both up for the challenge. So, you know, the good news is you're taking on the Nationals to start out the season, uh, a team that's starting the guy who's lost the most games in, in the National League the last two years, Patrick Corbin. So really on paper, this is a, a mismatch to start the season. And then you go to St. Louis, a team that I've got a lot of question marks uh, around this Cardinals bunch this year. Yeah, they've got Arenado and Goldschmidt, and, uh, but I, I don't, I'm, the, the one that worries me is their pitching. So uh, I think it's a favorable start to the year. Uh, and, and so I'm excited to see both these guys. I haven't really seen them in person a whole lot other than, you know, reading the reports and seeing some videos here and there. But uh, their stuff looks good. And like I said, the, the Braves are they're not hesitant to give 24-year-olds or heck, 20- and 21-year-olds opportunities in the big league level, and they continue to do that. So uh, that, to me, is a testament to the hard work that uh, guys are putting in in A-ball and rookie ball and, and double and triple-A to get these guys ready for this opportunity, and we'll get a chance to see that coming up right out of the gate. 
talking to Kevin McAlpin of the Braves Radio Network on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. A couple big, big picture questions for you, Kevin, before we get you out of here. Uh, let's look at the National League as a whole. Obviously, the NL East will be uh, a good race with the Mets and the Phillies, but National League-wide, who are the other contenders uh, with the Braves, Phillies, and, and Mets that, that you see as potential postseason matchups or, or just teams that Atlanta fans uh, should keep an eye on throughout the year? Padres, to me, I think this is the Padres' year uh, to do something special in the West. I know the Dodgers have been the focal point year in and year out, but I've got some serious questions about the Dodgers coming in. I think they're a good team. I don't know that they're a great team here in 2023. Padres, on the other hand, are a team that has spent a ton of money and have made a ton of deals the last couple of years to bring in uh, some serious high-priced talent. So uh, I'm not just saying that because my cousin uh, is their head video guy, but I do think that the San Diego Padres, are going to be a pretty good ball club this year. How did the Mets get by without Edwin Diaz? Big question mark there. Uh, again, we know that they've got the top two with, with Scherzer, uh, you know, anchoring that rotation along with Verlander. Uh, but those guys are not spring chickens. Now, again, they continue to be really effective uh, as they are now the elder statesmen really around Major League Baseball. You go to the Phillies, they lose Bryce Harper for who knows how long. Uh, Reese Hoskins is out for the year. That's a big blow for them. Uh, on, on both sides of the ball. So teams in the division, I've got some question marks around with the Mets and Phillies. They're going to be good teams. Don't get me wrong. This is going to be a three-team race. And I don't count out the Marlins either. They're not going to contend to win the division, but they are a much improved ball club from where they've been the last few years. So uh, they're going to be a thorn in the side. They're not an easy out like they were, say, three, four, five years ago. But uh, to me, I think the Braves and Padres, probably you know two of the top teams uh, here in the National League. And I got the Braves winning 94 games this year. Uh, I think that'll be enough to win a division. I think it'll be enough to set them up really nicely for the, you know going into the postseason. And then from there, who knows? Who knows what happens? But I, I do think that less games against the Phillies and the Mets aren't a bad thing. Uh, so I've got them winning 94 and winning their sixth consecutive division title. And then, Kevin, got to get your opinion on these two big rule changes in Major League Baseball. And, and no, I'm not talking about the, the one to two inches that the bases will be bigger than. I'm talking, <laughs> of course, about the, the lack of a shift being allowed and then, of course, the pitch clock. I mean, these are things that can kind of fundamentally change strategy as far as the shifts and then just fundamentally play how quick the game goes with the pitch clock. Where do you stand on those two things? Well, as somebody that has to work late-night West Coast games and do a post-game show, uh, I do not hate the pitch clock. I was not crazy about it. Full disclosure, when all the new rules were announced, I thought this was a stupid idea. Uh, how much can it really affect the game? Well, if you go ahead and look at game times in spring training, uh, they're down 25 minutes from where they were last spring. So I don't hate the pitch clock. Now, 15 seconds and 20 seconds, could I see that you know down the road being tweaked to maybe 20 and 25? Or maybe it's something that they adapt as they go through where you can slow it down a little bit, game on the line, you got to make a big pitch. Uh, but, yeah, I don't hate the pitch clock. And keep in mind, it's not, it's not cutting down on baseball. Actually, it's the complete opposite. It's counting – it's taking away – non-baseball things that happen in the game. It's, it's taking away a guy stepping off and fixing his gloves and walking around the mound and sulking about a bad call. I'm all for it. I've got an eight-year-old son. He loves watching baseball, but he can't watch a three-hour game. You know, if, if it's a two-and-a-half-hour game, it's a little bit different situation. So I, I, I'm okay with the pitch clock, and I think that it's going to ultimately be a good thing 
for growing and expanding the game for the next generation that, let's be honest, doesn't have the attention span to watch a three-and-a-half-hour ball game. Uh, as far as the, the other new rules, you know, yeah, the bases are bigger. And I'll tell you, I had a chance to play on them when I was down at Braves Fantasy Camp. They are significantly bigger. I'll tell you that. Um, you'll, you'll notice it. You're going to see teams start to run right out of the gate. Um, you know, as far as some of the other things they're doing, uh, I, I still don't like the runner on second thing, but uh, I've been overruled on that one, and that one's here to stay, unfortunately. But I do think that for the majority of what they're trying to do, limiting the throwovers and things of that nature, I do think deep down this will end up being good for growing the game moving forward. He's Kevin McAlpin of the Braves Radio Network joining us joining us on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Kevin, the time is greatly appreciated. Tell us what's ahead here with the Braves Radio Network as far as broadcast times and, and who's on the call. Yeah, we'll be on tomorrow, uh, 11.50 Eastern, so 10.50 your time. Uh, Domino and I, once again, together, uh, reunited for the uh, Ford Lead Off show. And we'll do that, uh, I would say all 162, but probably closer to like 150, uh, a couple of days off for each of us here and there along the way. Uh, and then, of course, we have the game, Ben Ingram, Joe Simpson, Jay, Jay Chad, the hardest-working executive producer in sports. He got off the charter last night and went right to Nationals Park to set up the gear for the broadcast tomorrow. So he'll be back again. You'll also get Jim Powell on selected games. Uh, and then, of course, we'll have the Hyundai postgame show for you as well. So start to finish, you don't need to turn anywhere else than uh, the Braves Radio Network. And uh, like I said, this is my 12th season with the Braves, uh, and it's my 20th opening day in Major League Baseball. So uh, believe me when I tell you, these things never get old, and I can't wait to get it going tomorrow. Yeah, we absolutely love it. We're looking forward to it. Kevin, the, the time is greatly appreciated, and we look forward to catching up with you again later this summer, and let's have a great season. Sounds good, fellas. Appreciate it. That is Kevin McCampin of the Braves Radio Network joining us on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Appreciate Kevin for taking the time out of his day to preview the Braves season and the Major League Baseball season there. Just a day away, uh, we'll have our first result by this time tomorrow as the Braves open up, uh, as Kevin mentioned, with a, a near 11 a.m. broadcast time and noon start time tomorrow on 1230 WAUD. Uh, looking forward greatly to this team. Uh, we previewed a little bit uh, of them earlier this week and and last week, but again, a team that is very formidable. We will keep it right here because we only have another minute or two left in this hour. But uh, but Cam, again, despite losing guys uh, like Freddie Freeman and Dansby Swanson, even if you want to throw in one of the game, uh, game's top closers and Kenley Jansen right. last year, right. uh, the ability for the Braves to pay the right guys to extend uh, some of these young guys, keep them in the fold for longer, uh, and build around certain players. They have uh, just, again, a tremendous roster up and down yep. the line. And I think at least from a lineup – I do have one or two questions about pitching, but from a right. lineup perspective, uh, they're going to be very formidable once again. Yeah, I, I have the same concerns about the pitching rotation and the pitching staff um, just to see how deep um, – that's going to be able to go um, but overall the hitting the 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 lineup is is going to be stacked it's going to be tough Alex Anthopoulos is a, a very very good GM um, always got to give him his flowers his ability to reload pick the right contracts make the right moves um, it can't be said enough because I mean obviously we see a lot all the time through all sports where giving out these ridiculous contracts to the wrong guys or you know guys that you know it should it just overvalued in that terms um, of how, how much they're getting paid. Um, 
he sits he sits back and and kind of evaluates how each player is worth it and and makes those moves based off that and uh trying to make and and do the best thing for the team so i commend him for it uh and it seems like the right moves have always continued to to pay off as the braves are now about to make their um sixth run at at winning the division so yeah i I mean kudos to him one thing that i kind of uh have my my ears perk up about um, when it's award season for these various sports, is executive of the year, right? And you know they always give it to you know the executive of a team that made a big trade or or, or had a, a better than expected season as is sure. the case. But to me, to be a good executive and be a good GM, you've got to do it with a long term vision in always. mind yeah. and, and what you've built. You know, sure, you know if you look at uh, what obviously Double A has done, you know, to me you're really seeing some of his best work now because of what he was able to keep and sign to long-term. Sure. And so like every year that this goes on where they've not had to get rid of Acuna, they've not had to get rid of Austin Raleigh, they've continued to continue to win the division, right. it actually gets more impressive as time goes on because you can have the breakthrough team or two. Right. But then what happens after that team ages into their prime? They, they sometimes leave and go other, other places. Uh, they, they sometimes just they start to wane a little bit, and then you they get old and all that. So to me, executives of the year, yes, great. That singular year, sometimes right. someone made a, a key agent. Right, right, sure. Right, for sure. But to you, be you get it. To be the top executive in, in these various sports, it's really a labor that took place over multiple years to get right. you to that point, not just any one thing most of the time 100%. that you did that year. Yeah, I agree. Out of time here for hour number one. Again, appreciate Kevin McAlpin and the Braves Radio Network for joining us. In hour number two, we'll get back to some Auburn talk as we'll look a little bit more at spring practice. We'll also look more at the transfer portal for Auburn basketball. And we'll have some words uh, big picture-wise on a preview for Major League Baseball. And again, coming up at 5 o'clock, Wacky Wednesday. Brooks and Brant will join the studio We'll have a lot of fun in the third and final hour. Again, the show will be ending about 5.30 today with Auburn softball coming up at 5.45 right here on Tiger 95.9. Stay tuned. More of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show right after the break. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two of Sports Call starting right now, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, and I've got Cam Berry with me here this afternoon. Appreciate Kevin McAlpin 
of the Braves Radio Network for joining us in our number one. Still ahead on the show, a lot to do. We've got at 5 o'clock a Wacky Wednesday. Uh, we will bring in Brooks and Brant. Uh, it will be food-related, uh, and that's all I will leave it at right now. We have talked <laughs> about it in the past, so if you were listening to a previous edition of the show... If you know, you know. You, then you would, you would probably know. If you went and checked it out in the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola, you'd be able to find somewhere in the last week or two where we kind of uh, let it slip what we'd be doing. But uh, we well, will don't know, reveal that. But it will be food-related, and, and it will be sweet. And I will leave it at that. Uh, let's continue on with the show before we get into some more Auburn-related activities. Let's get to today's birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Birthdays in sports is presented by Max Credit Union with two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gay Street in Auburn, the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. Let Max Credit Union help you with all of your banking needs. Matt Olson, that's a good day to have a birthday as we talk Atlanta Braves. Matt Olson turns 28, first baseman for the Atlanta Braves. Olson was born in Lilburn, Georgia, and led the Parkview Panthers to two consecutive state championships in 2011 and 2012. Committed to play baseball at Vanderbilt, as most of the great ones do, but signed with the Athletics after being drafted in the first round in 2012. Made his MLB debut in 2016, was traded to the Braves in 2022. He's a one-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glove Award winner, and three-time Fielding Bible Award winner. Matt Olson turns 28 today. Walt Frazier turns 78 today. Former NBA guard Frazier was born in Atlanta, was a star in basketball, baseball, and football. Played basketball at Southern Illinois, declining offers to play quarterback at D1 schools. He was a D2 All-American as a freshman and a sophomore led SIU to an NIT championship in 1967, their first year in Division I. Also won MVP of the tournament. His number 52 is retired by Southern Illinois. Drafted fifth overall by the Knicks in 1967. Played 12 seasons in the league, 10 of them with New York. Seven-time All-Star, six-time All-NBA, and seven-time All-Defense. Two-time NBA Finals champion. His number 10 is retired by the Knicks and is a member of both the College Basketball and Naismith Halls of fame. He is now a color commentator for the New York Knicks. Walt Clyde Frazier turns 78 today. Earl Campbell turns 69. Former NFL running back Campbell grew up in Tyler, Texas, where he led Tyler High School to a state championship in 1973. Played college football at Texas, where he was a two-time All-American winner of the 1977 Davy O'Brien and Heisman Memorial Trophies. His number 20 is retired by Texas, was taken first overall by the Oilers. In 1978, played seven seasons in Houston, eight in the NFL, five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, three-time rushing yards leader, and two-time rushing touchdowns leader, three-time Offensive Player of the Year, and an NFL MVP. His number 34 is retired by the Titans, and he's a member of the College and Pro Football Hall of Fame. Earl Campbell turns 69. Ryan Khalil turns 38, former NFL center. Khalil was raised in Anaheim, California. Played college football at Southern Cal. Two-time All-American winner of the 06 Morris Trophy. Awarded the best lineman in college football. as voted by opposing players. In 05, he helped the Trojans to win a BCS national title. Was taken the second round of the 07 draft by the Carolina Panthers, where he spent 11 of his 12 seasons in the NFL as a starting center. Five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro. Ryan Khalil turns 38 today. And Cam Riley turns 21, linebacker for the Auburn Tigers. Riley was born in Evergreen, Alabama, and led Hillcrest 
to a state championship as a sophomore. He was a four-star linebacker out of high school and signed with Auburn, became a full-time starter last year. Cam Riley of the Auburn Tigers turns 21. Again, Matt Olson, 28. Walt Frazier, 78. Earl Campbell, 69. Ryan Khalil, 38. And Cam Riley, 21. Those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. Great list. Happy birthday. Great list right there. Yes. All right, so let's talk a little football here, uh, Cam, as we have talked a little bit about spring ball in recent days. We'll continue to do so over the next week or two. Uh, Kind of some more broad things just from the coaching staff that we've heard over recent days about uh, the the need for a lot of progression in a lot of areas. Uh, We've heard positive things about Holden Gurner here in, in recent days. We asked Justin Ferguson yesterday about that, and just it's sometimes hard to get a proper lay of the land because yeah. you don't – I mean, A, Auburn's getting used to a new coach to begin with, so right. you don't know exactly what everything quite means in, in his mind and that sort of thing. But then also spring development is, is such an interesting thing because you are still closer. We, we are right now still closer to the end of last season yeah. than the beginning of this next season. And that's not a small thing because – it's kind of hard to really see the true development of what right, someone's going to be at. Really they, they might gain something in the spring yeah. that they then lose in the summer because they're not working with the team much at that point, just doing some summer workouts but not right. doing the team practices and stuff. And so it's, it's kind of hard to get maybe the proper lay of the land on where everyone actually is. But, of course, we continue to talk quarterbacks because Auburn genuinely has a battle, and they genuinely have a situation where they're in need of improvement at that quarterback position amongst those guys. And right now, the the guys in the room are the guys that were there last year. Right. So I don't know if you have thoughts on where it stands right now, but uh, as far as holding Gurner, at least by name, that was Hugh Hugh who Hugh Freeze, easy <laughs> for me tough. to say, who Hugh Freeze uh, singled out in the quarterback right. room. So I guess of the guys right now, not saying he's leading, but at least he's catching the eye right. of Hugh Freeze right now. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see that he's catching the eye. I think I think uh, a lot of people were kind of sure that he was going to leave, honestly, Holden. Um, but, you know, just reading reports and, and hearing about Hugh Freeze and how he's talking about Holden and um, how the system is really helping uh, helping him thrive, really. And he's he's the one that kind of seems to be coming along. They said that Pro Day really kind of awoke something within him, um, that he's been just ex- inspired by just how that whole thing transpired. And so he seems really locked in since then and, and has really taken to training and getting getting the playbook and watching film and and getting a full understanding of 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 Hugh Freeze's system so he can you know earn the starting spot if that's which is I mean obviously wide open which we know um you know we know what TJ brings to the table we know what Robbie brings to the table so with Holden you know we obviously saw him just I mean small bits of him but it just obviously it wasn't great but there was just a whole bunch more going right. on with that that we can really attribute just to him. Um, we we can't really say that that's all. It was entirely. a sequence or yeah, two. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It. So it's just it's not fair to even judge him off that. Like you could just throw all that out the window. Um, I think that first of all, I think that the turnout for a day is going to be 
pretty significant. Like, you know, I think that excitement that's going on with with how the program is right now and and how Hugh Freeze is building it up. I think uh, I think a day is going to have a really a really good turnout. Um, and that, and that's going to be exciting. Cause I mean, I think a lot of people just want to see where the team is and, and, you know, I agree with you, like you said, you're not going to be able to tell everything. Um, but we did, you know, even last year we saw there were certain flashes. Like that was where we saw Robbie Ashford for the first time. We were like, Oh, this kid can move. He can really, really run the ball. Um, uh, and, and that's really something that, uh, was highlighted. Uh, we saw, um, um, wow, was his name's, uh, slipping my mind. He, he didn't get much playing time. He was in the transfer portal, came out of the transfer portal wide receiver. Um, and Javarius Johnson. No, no. um, it's just absolutely slipping my mind. He was a tight end and they switched to wide receiver. Big kind of bigger guy. Just I, I, I Oh, uh, Landon King. Yes, yeah. Landon King. Yes, that's exactly. I'm sorry. I couldn't could not no, remember his name for the life of me. Landon King though. He, you know, we saw him and we were like, "Man, he he should be able to get some playing time." Obviously, that didn't work out. He was in the transfer portal. He's out of the transfer portal. Hopefully, he'll be able to um get some real significant playing time and grow uh some more. So it's really exciting to see some of these guys and, and we'll see the new guys come in and, and the O-line, see how that kind of plays out and, and who's really standing out there. And um, it's just exciting to see. And, and so, you know, it, you're just going to have to play it by ear. If you're a fan, obviously you want to see where the team is at. And, and A-Day is going to be the perfect opportunity to do that, um, at least to see just kind of how the system is and how the offense is going to work loosely. Um, obviously, he's not going to show everything, but it'll be exciting to see. Uh, the development to kind of see the quarterbacks because we will more than likely see all three. Um, and then, you know, there's still a chance that we bring in another quarterback in the portal. Um, and once that, once that opens back up after, after um, spring practices and after, after all that during the summer period. So this team could, could really be moving forward. And, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how Hugh freeze has these guys um, moving. Before we go to break, going to give everyone just a look at the entirety of the SEC and their schedule for uh, their spring game because this, to be relevant, not because I'm just dying to watch Arkansas spring game with with all due respect. I I mean, I'm not a big spring game guy in general. (laughs) I hate to poo-poo on some people's parade. It's fair. um, Not for everybody. Here is the complete list, and and I say this because the relevance, in my opinion, is once we get through the spring games of everyone, that's when the portal will get active for those schools. And not a lot right. of kids are going to leave before the entirety of spring practice, but certainly when it's over, uh, that will be when there's an influx. So Missouri already had ha- Missouri already had theirs, uh, believe that or not, March what? 18th. Oh, wow. uh, but uh, coming up, there's a slew of them. So Auburn is obviously April 8th. That's 10 days from now. Vanderbilt uh, will have 87 people there to watch them on April 8th. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a shot. It's not yourself. fair at them. Help yourself. Vandy didn't deserve those strays, but at the same time, <laughs> it's it true. is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, Florida's will be April 13th, so that's not exactly a Saturday, but that's all right. That's um, There's a lot going on the 15th, so I understand why they're trying to separate themselves. On April 15th, Arkansas, Georgia, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, South Carolina, Mississippi State, so over half the league that day. And then April the 22nd, a couple big boys, Alabama and LSU. So that's the timeline. April 15th is going to be the the biggest day, as you just heard. 
And again, I think the rel- the real relevance there is not to see how X player is developing right, right. under the new system of so and so, but uh, of some of these battles are being de facto decided by transfer portal entries, and I think yep. you'll really see that after the spring game. Of course, for Auburn's point of view, already have lost a couple of guys that, that were clearly not going to be in the rotation. Uh, they've already lost a couple to the portal, uh, but mainly portal items are exclusive right now to college basketball. So when we come back. We'll start to look back more into the college basketball portal, and we'll look at a couple of names that Auburn might be looking at and a couple perceived good fits for the Tigers as they now have a couple of scholarships open. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back to Sports Call here on this Wednesday afternoon. Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry with you here. About to talk some transfer portal and college basketball. Again, a couple of reminders, though. We're getting off air around 5.30 today. Auburn softball on the airwaves. If you miss the lovely tones of J.J. Jackson, you can hear him right here. 5.45 airtime. Auburn softball with Jacob Hillman as the Tigers take on Samford's Bulldogs in Birmingham. So that's why we're getting off air about 5.30 today. At 5 o'clock, a wacky Wednesday. So we want to get your calls in now in the 4 o'clock hour at 334-887-341 locally or toll-free, one 9 because in that 5 o'clock hour, we'll take calls if they pertain to wacky Wednesday. We'll have a shortened hour, obviously, and so we want to have the wackiness. We've been, been waiting for... Uh, some of these wacky Wednesdays, some of these, uh, usually they involve food, sometimes story time <laughs> with Tom, but uh, no stories with Tom as he's not here. So it's a food wacky Wednesday today. We're looking forward to that. So that again at five o'clock coming up today. And then tomorrow, might have heard me say this with uh, James earlier, there will not be a show tomorrow. Uh, we will have a doubleheader of Borgard High School baseball right here starting at about 2.30. And so that will occupy really all the hours that we would have been on, uh, to be honest, I think that will go past 6 o'clock even. So we will not have a show tomorrow. We will be back on Friday with another edition of Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite. And look, the the entire month, I know this is still March technically, but the entire month of April, 
uh, you'll have to stay tuned, keep the ears perked, because uh, we will have several shows that are shortened or affected in some way because of high school baseball and because, again, of Auburn softball. So uh, we will always make sure we, we're out in front of that with you, and we do appreciate the patience as we go through a very busy time of the spring sports calendar. All right, so Auburn basketball on the transfer portal Talking about the subtractions of Chance Westry and Yoan Treor, there will probably be more at some point. So what in the way of additions? We're going to give you a couple names. Now, look, if you are on Twitter or you you read some message boards and you see some of these guys and, and who they're being contacted by, the lists are long. They are sure. 15 to 20 to 25 teams deep. In some instances. I mean, in fact, I was scrolling through one guy, and I forget who it was. It's not someone we're bringing up here in a moment. And I did not see Auburn listed on on the list. And I went back a few minutes later and refreshed Twitter, and, and, and that tweet popped back up, and I looked again because like maybe I didn't see the, the last few names. And sure enough, Auburn was down there as like the 14th team, 16th team mentioned. Right. So there's a lot of guys on here getting – a lot of hits because look it's it's recruiting 2.0 when you initially recruit someone yeah we always focus on the end process for guys the five teams that they'll visit you know the the the, the eight to ten scholarship offers on the offer sheet uh, scouting or, or yeah. maybe the, the 15 offers whatever at the end of the day in retrospect but we're not focusing on the beginning stages of recruitment which is uh, you know, letter of interest and, and these phone calls and, and stuff well before the visits. That's just trying to gauge interest uh, from these guys. And so a lot of people reach out, and that is happening in the second, uh, just like it would in high school, the second form of it now right. in the portal. Now, these guys will make quicker decisions than high school because you get recruited in, in over two to three years, four mm-hmm. years even in high school. And these guys are two weeks, three weeks, maybe a couple months, but they're not very long. So they decide much quicker. But just because they've been contacted by somebody, they might not have a hill of beans of interest. But, Cam, when we look at guys that Auburn should be involved in, yeah, and and they are, they've been, they've mentioned that they've contacted these guys. It does not mean they'll make final lists and get in home visits and all that. But in guys that Auburn should be targeting, you got to target shooters. Yeah, uh, and there's a couple that come to mind. Uh, Joe Girard and TJ Bamba. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts on what you see in those guys. And, and again, what if there's anything more than shooting that you're looking for uh, in some of these guys that Auburn needs to be targeting? Yeah, uh, Joe Girard, I mean, biggest number I'm looking at right now, he's a 38% free throw – or, excuse me, three-point shooter. Wow, free throw If he was 38% free rough. throw, that'd be he's a new. A, he's an 85% <laughs> free throw shooter. Um, th- this is what he sh- – this is for 32 games played, uh, 34 minutes per game um, with with Syracuse um, in, in the 22-23 season. Just looking at his stats, average 16.4 points per game. Um uh, very kind of low turnover numbers as well, but you need that three point shooting. That thirty, that thirty eight percent three point shooting. That's just what I'm looking at. That's something that you absolutely just have to have um, if you're Auburn, because he, I mean, as a team, Auburn struggled to shoot threes. We'll say this. I mean, I think we'll all say this till we're blue in the face. They just struggled to shoot threes, and you gotta. You 
you got to get some better shooters in there just to, uh, I think, alleviate the pressure and it'll just be easier and it'll fit into Bruce's system where he likes to let a, guy, a lot of guys, you know, let them shoot the threes because this Auburn team as a whole this season, um, like I said, aside from the back half of the season, just um, did not shoot well from three. And I think it kind of had to change the style of play for the entire team and who they really focused and and sent the and gave the ball to and ran their offense through so joe gerard 38 percent three-point shooter somebody you really got to get another good guard he's uh, you know he's not huge he's six foot one um but he played at syracuse so uh you know he's gonna play some pretty good defense as well um if he was at syracuse you know they were they always run that famous zone um that that Bayheim ran for the longest um and so they, they, that's that's kind of what he brings to the table. TJ uh, TJ Bamba, a bigger guard, six five, a junior um, from Washington State, averaged fifteen points, fifteen point eight points per game this this season at Washington State. Uh, shot forty two percent from the field, thirty seven percent from three. Another much needed um, three point shooting. He averaged thirty two minutes per game, so got a lot of time, um, and and that's something that is just extremely crucial. Like I said, just another. Uh, shooter that you need um, and he's more of a uh, he's more of a combo guard so that's that'll help you a little bit more he's kind of you know bigger he can play that point guard shooting guard uh, kind of role and, and that's something that'll be helpful he's bigger like I said so that that'll help with the length and defense um, as well because um, I mean just let's face it the smaller guards just would get beat up on defense sometimes and, and uh, that's why I think a lot of Auburn fans were looking forward to what Chance Westry brought to the table because he was so big and long um, he wasn't going to get beat as easy on defense and he was a very good defender um, and and so that's why I think a lot of Auburn fans are, are going to be missing um, uh, Chance Westry because they were excited to see that he was going to bring that defensive prowess to the table um, and you can kind of feel that with TJ Bamba he's got the experience he's a junior uh, he's got he's probably got two years left if he uses a COVID year so um, giving him that opportunity is somebody um, getting getting somebody like him would be extremely beneficial a, a very good shooter um, a, a very good um, just kind of overall guard that you need that'll that'll help and fill a lot of spaces for you. Yeah, so these two guys, they, they kind of caught my eye uh, the, the moment I saw them. You know, Joe Girard, someone I've watched a lot of. Yeah. I watch a lot of ACC basketball, obviously, with, with me caring about North Carolina. And Girard is somebody that, you know, been at Syracuse a long time, played 125 games for Cuse, have played really all four years. And he would run off a million screens. I, I know that at times he could be a ball handler and could and, and could kind of initiate their offense, but by the end of it at Cuse watching him, Syracuse was just kind of so desperate for offense. They were just like, hey, why don't you just run from one side of the court to the other, <laughs> and we're just going to try and keep screening once you get near the three-point line. Right. And so he made some high-difficulty threes. He is a smaller guy, as you talked about. Uh, so if you're looking for someone with more size, he would not be your guy. But he has scored his entire career at Syracuse. Um, all four years averaged at least 10 a game. So I, I, I really trust him playing in that ACC level. Right, for sure. Uh, to, to be able to score double figures for Auburn if he were to come. Now, again, Auburn, you know, I'm not – Again, Auburn is one of like 15 schools to reach out. They're doing right. their due diligence as they should as a team that needs shooting. So these two guys, again, th this is just 
This is us talking about these are the type of guys that Auburn ought to be targeting. Guess what? They are, but guess what? There's a long way to go. Right. Uh, in Bomba's case, uh, another another power five or power conference school that was not too good this year. Washington State was right around 500. And so, you know, you can yeah, very average team. You can take that for whatever you want. You can say that having to score on a lesser team makes him ideal because he knows how to get his own shot and that sort of thing. Or you can go at the angle of, well, of course, his numbers are pretty good because they didn't have a whole right. lot else. They did have Justin Powell, yeah. who Auburn fans are familiar with, and I mentioned his name the last couple of days. But, uh, but still, you, you can approach that from either angle. But my angle is this: Auburn has not had a two guard of great size no. to be able to be a really good shooter in, in a little while. These last few teams have relied on smaller backcourt play. They've had some monsters in the front court, as we know, that have been able to rise up and shoot. But but they've not they've missed on some guys of uh, the the size of Bamba. Again, as Cam said, Bamba being six five you know that's a that's a nice size for a two guard because that's somebody that could play really, three in a smaller lineup. Yeah, to really uh, shoot over and, and absolutely can uh, can defend and, and not be out uh, out physicaled by a point guard or something like that. Again, he shot thirty seven percent from three, career thirty eight percent shooter uh, from behind the arc. So he has a pretty good history of staying. Uh, as a really good shooter from that size perspective. Again, Auburn has had guys that, you know, they've tried it. They've tried it with the likes of Devin Cambridge in the past. He was a pretty good shooter as a freshman. He became an awful shooter yeah. by the end of his time and, at Auburn. Yeah, and now he's back at Arizona State. He's shooting his numbers that he was shooting as his a freshman. freshman year. Yeah, so he came back exact to a respectable same. number. <laughs> Uh, you know, they, they tried Justin Powell. Powell was good for Auburn, but then concussed. Souring then, relationships. Right, bad relationship. Yeah. He's been all over the place. They've, they've, they've tried their hand at some of these 6'4", six, 6'5", six, type of guards, but they've not hit on them in a few years. That's part of the reason they've not shot the ball well. It's just hard when you're six foot and you're just not able to create a lot of space and then from 25 feet and plus and get these three-pointers off with good looks. Yeah. I mean, Katie Johnson had to shoot step back, step back, step back because, again, you're six foot. You don't have a lot of lift. Right. Uh, and you're just – a lot of the stuff you do is contested. So I like a guy like Bamba as someone that's bigger uh, on, the, on the perimeter that would be able to probably play multiple positions but also be able to shoot. Again, if you throw people – in front of me, you can just blanket statement until we get to summer. Right. If you just throw someone that has an above 35% mark from three, yeah. bring them to me. Let me yeah, look let at them. Let me see them. Let yeah, me see them because sure. that's that's what Auburn needs. And I know shooting's not everything. You know, I understand, well, you might get a bunch of guys in here that don't know what defense are. I get it. There's balance. But right now, Auburn is imbalanced in that it was the 320th team right. From the outside, and arguably its best shooters were wings slash forwards, like Jalen Williams, Williams. Flanagan by percentage yes. was up there. Even Janai Broom got above yeah, the percentage of did. some of the guards. <laughs> he did. So I, I am, I am, I don't care. I am, I am thirsty for some some guards with yeah. really good shooting acumen. Yeah, uh, and we will certainly monitor the likes of Bamba and Gerard as we go through this transfer portal cycle. We need to take our next time out of the show. If you want to give us a call, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. More Sports Call coming up right after this.
into the show? Send us your thoughts via email. You've got mail. Sports call at thetiger.fm. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call on this Wednesday afternoon. Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm or the Tiger Communications app. Or, of course, if you're listening after the fact on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. All right, so one more segment here in this hour, and then Wacky Wednesday coming up. Brant and Brooks will join us for a little taste-testing exercise for Wacky Wednesday. Looking forward to that. Uh, again, if you want to get a phone call in, now's the time to do it. 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, one triple eight nine tiger 9 We will accept phone calls during the 5 o'clock hour, but want to keep them wacky Wednesday involved if anyone has some comments on what we are trying out there. Again, also the show will end about 5.30 today, so it will be a shortened hour as well. All right, a few minutes left in the hour, as mentioned. In hour number one, we talked to Kevin McAlpin of the Braves Radio Network. We asked him towards the end... Uh, what other teams was he looking at in the National League to rival the Braves this year? Uh, and we want to do a quick little preview of some of these big teams in Major League Baseball as opening day is tomorrow. We will not have a show tomorrow. I think he hit the nail on the head with the Padres. The, the Padres yeah. are trying as hard as anyone in, in, in baseball right now. I mean, they are spending money they have never spent before. They have some of the absolute biggest names in the game of baseball. Fernando Tatis Jr., who should be back from suspension. Juan Soto, Manny yeah. Machado. They signed Xander Bogarts. Yeah. Uh, still have guys like Hugh Darvish. I think Josh Hader, their top reliever. Yep. I mean, they're loaded. They might be top-heavy, but they are loaded. And so that's a team to look out for. Uh, Cam, any other teams, in National or American League, uh, that that strike your your eye, or, or or do you agree with with Kevin at the Padres? This might be their year. Um, I you know I would have said the Phillies, um, you know before the Bryce Harper injury and the Reese Hoskins injury. Not sure you know how that impact is going to have down the road. We're not sure, but I mean those are two kind of you know two lineup losses right there. Is Harper hurt right now? I didn't or, oh I guess he got hurt yeah. way early in spring yeah. and they say he's going to miss a few weeks. Yeah, right. Hoskins that is lost for the year. Yeah, but right. Harper will be back gone. pretty soon. Okay, um, so uh, you know obviously you'll you'll get Harper back. Um, you know, a few weeks into the season and, and he'll get acclimated. I mean, there's so many games. You don't really have to worry about that. Um, but I, I will say the Phillies. I mean, the addition of Trey Turner is major and significant. Um, he's back in the NL East. It, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough division. I'm not going to say that the Braves have it easy, you know, to, to get to their sixth straight division title. The Mets are still as good. Obviously they lost at, uh, Edwin Diaz uh, in the WBC and, and he's gone for the year. If I, if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, so that that's another tough loss. Obviously he's their closer and you know, he's one of the best in the league and, and uh, that is significant, but they still have a really good lineup. It's still, still a really good uh, pitching rotation. Um, and I mean, they're, they'll they'll be they'll be fine you know they ha- they got Scherzer and they you know uh, Degrom so they they no 
they, they lost DeGrom. Yeah, well, okay, remember the Mets. So DeGrom's a Ranger now. Right. By the way, he's DeGrom's already dealt Ranger. with injuries. Right. But they got Verlander. Verlander. Now. Yeah. That's who they got. Uh, so they got uh, Verlander. And a more healthy Scherzer. version yeah, of DeGrom, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so they, they uh, yeah, you're right, honestly. Um, so they, they, it will be tough. And um, I, I still like the Braves because of how they've kept their core together. Um, obviously, you lose Dansby Swanson, so that, that shortstop um, position, you know, Arcia will kind of be sitting as a placeholder and you want to see if maybe you know he might you know he's still like uh like uh McAlpin said he's he's 28 years old he's got plenty of experience uh, maybe he'll you'll be able to ride him out for a little bit and and uh see see what he's able to do and then you know kind of peek in here and there with with Grissom um and uh Shoemake yeah Braden Shoemake I think he came out of A&M yeah in and the draft few years ago yeah so see how see how they they do give them their shots but uh that shortstop seems like it's going to be a somewhat rotational kind of piece kind of moving around until you um until maybe somebody separates themselves and really solidifies themselves in that everyday uh starter role um, but I, I'm excited, you know, this is, I, I've, I've never been one that's been much into MLB, definitely not like how you are, um, just in terms of watching baseball, like obviously I watch the Braves, but um, I don't know, you know, how every team is, but I do know that the Padres have added some pieces, I agree, I think they will uh, definitely make some noise, they kind of close the kind of close the gap uh for themselves out there in california because i mean it's hard you're facing the dodgers yeah i mean consistently the dodgers are always going to be somebody that are just going to be favorites it just is what it is they have the most money the dodgers and the yankees as well they they're you know in the in the al the the yankees are going to be another uh team that um they just have all the money uh they have a couple question mark pieces um in their infield i think that they're trying to figure out but you know for the most part they'll they'll get it done and they have plenty of money and and uh they'll you know they'll more than likely win their division so uh those are the kind of teams that i'm kind of looking at big names and and they'll be exciting to watch and then the angels you know if if the angels could just do something do something positive i would love because you know mike trout you know mike trout is obviously one of the best baseball players he's top three in the in the world and then you have shohei who is the best in the world no without a doubt i i think shohei otani is the best baseball player in the world um and so you you you, the angels they i i think they started off pretty strong last year and then tapered off towards the end and then you know obviously didn't even make the playoffs didn't do anything I, I would like to see them create some continuity, something something decent going on with the Angels just because you have two premier players in the MLB and you just can't win. And and obviously baseball is – I think if there's no bigger test to that baseball is, is such a team sport other than that because you have two of the best players in the MLB in the world. And it, doesn't and it yeah. does not matter because you, have, you don't have anything else. Uh, so I, I'd like to see the Angels make some moves and uh, and get a little bit better and, and uh, see if they can, um, you know, at least make the playoffs. Just make it interesting and, and kind of put put you know Shohei on a on a bigger stage and Shohei and Mike on just a bigger stage, a playoff stage. Yeah, Trout's only been in one playoff series. I think it was a sweep, and it was six or seven years ago. Yeah. And then Otani's never been in a playoff series. Well, before I get back to them, I want to close the thought in the National League. 
Uh, the Dodgers did not make any huge moves for the no. first time in a few years. They they sure. did some things on the periphery. They got J.D. Martinez from Boston, who is a perennially good hitter, but he's a DH, does not play in the field. And then they brought in Noah Syndergaard, who is trying to resurrect right. his career, had a better year, uh, had, a, had a very palpable, sure. decent year last year. They've got Dusty May back, who was one of their young guys that got hurt, uh, UCL surgery. So the Dodgers still be really good. I'm not sure if they're like 105 win. Right, you know, no, yeah. Dodger teams of two to three years ago. In the American League, you start with Houston, reigning champs. Um, they are still stacked. They have players kind of in both timelines, both towards the end of their careers like Altuve, but then younger guys like Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, that they're in their 20s, and they're just, right. they're just bashing for them. Um, Pena. In that AL West, though, that's a really fun division. Take Oakland out and move them to Las Vegas, then that that's the best thing they can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Texas is trying. They're not good enough, but they're trying. You don't sign DeGrom if you're not trying. For sure. Um, Seattle was fun last year. Seattle they, was fun last they year. They finally made the playoffs. That's true. Got their heart broken by Houston a couple <sighs> times. Tough. Had opportunities to win games in that series. Couldn't do it. But Julio Rodriguez is one of the most Electric. fun players in the league. Definitely. Uh, and then, as you talked about the Angels, um, this is the, this is it for them. If they don't do this, just make a damn wild card playoff. Right. I'm done with them. I want them to trade everyone. <laughs> Please. I don't care that Burns Trout ground, signed bro. like a 13 year deal. I don't yeah. care that Otani's got a couple more years, or technically, until he has free agency. Just, just do us all a favor and put them on relevant teams because Please. you guys do not have, know how to do that. Their lineup right. will be good. They brought in Hunter Renfro, who, I did, I did who in that. the face looks like Mike Trout. It's right. kind of funny. Uh, and he has a lot of power. Uh, they've got some other guys in their lineup that I like. Jared Walsh has some power too, but they have no pitching. Yeah, I, I don't know if they'll pitch at all, and I my 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 hopes are not high with them. I, I hope Trout stays healthy. I hope you get 150 of him, and I hope Otani stays healthy. Other than that, I don't have hopes for them. Uh, rest of the American League, yeah, the Yankees should be best in AL East. Maybe the Blue Jays, watch out for them. Right. Maybe the Rays, who perennially be good. Uh, Rays perennially ball on a budget. Um, the Yankees, though, they're the three true outcomes. And no, it's not homer, strikeout, walk. Their whole team is homer, strikeout, injury. Nah, for real. B- because they've got a bunch of big dudes, Judge, Stanton, Donaldson, Glaber Torres, that all have 30 to 40 home run power. In, in Judge's case, 60 home run power. Right. Uh, but can you get them to all play 120, 130 plus? Consecutively, it is very hard. Some of those guys are well advanced in age, like Stanton and Donaldson. Right, and I just the the Yankees to me, they've kind of hit the ceiling with the roster they've assembled. They've got they've spent a lot of money. They're second or third in payroll. Garrett Cole's really good on the mound. They they have right. good things, good things, but they just don't have that last bit of depth to put them over the top. They've got star power galore, as the Yankees always should. Right. But they just need like one more pitcher, two more bullpen guys, and one utility guy that, that, that can just play five different positions and yeah. sub for whoever is, is old and injured at that moment. <laughs> and, and they just don't have enough of that, in my opinion. So I, the Astros are still heavy favorites to me. I, again, I think the Blue Jays could be sneaky good this year. I think that AL West will, there won't be really any e- easy series outside of Oakland. But uh, I, I think it's still the Astros' clear favorites. And then the National League, again, to recap, 
Braves are up there. Mets are still up there. Again, they've spent a lot of money in three or four years. Uh, Phillies injuries will put them behind the eight ball, but don't rule them out. I don't really know if there's anyone in the Central. Maybe the Cardinals. Again, maybe the, you know Goldschmidt and Arnauto is as dynamic as it gets, but you worry about the depth there. And then uh, NL West, Padres need to do it. That 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 budget necessitates that they've got to do it. If if not this year, they don't have to win the title, but they nah, have but they to be get somewhere. They have to be in the playoffs. They have right. to win a series yeah. in the playoffs. Right. They they need something to prove that that budget is worth it. Because San Diego cannot shell out that payroll for five or six years. They're not going to have Soto, Tatis, Machado nah. for five six years. They they need to they need to win something here pretty soon. Out of time for hour number two. When we come back with hour number three, Brooks and Brant will join us in the studio. A wacky Wednesday. Coming up right after this timeout. Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Let's indeed get this hour of Sports Call started <laughs> here on Tiger 95.9. Ryan Lavoy, Cam Berry with you, and now joined by Brant Brooks and our intern Andrew will join us uh, for a taste testing. This is now time for a Wacky Wednesday. We have uh, previewed this multiple times. And uh, if you were with us earlier, maybe last week, week before, you kind of know what this is going to be. We've we've uh, hit it from today's audience, uh, but over the last half hour, again, we will be uh, ending sports call here at about five thirty or so for Auburn softball as they take on Sanford. So this will be one full segment here. We'll have to hold the phone lines unless it is this wacky Wednesday related. And so Brooks Childress, why don't you take the lead here? What do we have uh, on the docket for today's Wacky Wednesday? Well, I'll tell you what. It's almost Easter. It, it, we're coming up on Easter week, <laughs> coming up next week. Uh, and so every year, you know, there's like certain holidays that have candy associated with them, like specific candy. Halloween's one of them. Valentine's Day. You do have Christmas candy, but, like, nobody talks about Christmas candy that often. Like, it's just, like, there. And then you have Easter candy. Everybody knows Easter candy. Well, one of the one of the highlights of the spring and Easter season is Peeps, and I know there are a lot of people. It's very it's a very controversial. Key. Highlight is a strong word. As <laughs> I, I was thinking the same thing. Highlight <laughs> is tough. I'm I'm a big fan of Peeps uh, myself, and but I know that it is a very I'm not I, controversial. Um, a, a very controversial topic because some people love peeps, some people hate peeps. It's kind of like when you go like in, around Valentine's Day, you know, the little sweethearts. Yeah. Some people love the sweethearts, and some people say they taste like chalk. And there's, right. I think it seems like every holiday has that one candy that people are like, oh, that's either great or it's disgusting. True. So peeps is one that is iconic. 
they've done so many crossovers. We're going to talk about a crossover here at the end of it. Um, and they also have some crossovers with other products. So we've got, I've found as many peeps as I could in the Auburn Oplica area. I missed a few. And so on shelves right chose now. Chose to omit a few. <laughs> I didn't choose to omit any. It's just I chose to keep. There's one. a lot of peeps on the plate still. There, there was a limited budget, Cam. <laughs> limited budget of what I, I was res- willing to spend. I respect the budget. Um, what we've left out, and you can find them on shelves in like Walmarts or Kroger's, is there is a cotton candy flavor that I, I could not find. That's the one I could not absolutely find. There is a Dr. Pepper flavor that I saw once and then could not find again. So it, it's out there. But it's it's mystery. I would, I would have been intrigued by that. I love Dr Pepper. They've got a uh, a chocolate dipped one where the little the little butts of the peeps are kind of dipped into chocolate. I would have eaten that. They only come three to a pack, <laughs> and it's like six dollars a piece. That's so it's limited budget. Cho- That's the one I'm upset you chose to. Open. We should have started a GoFundMe fund our wacky Wednesdays. <laughs> we could. I mean, we'll, we'll put that on the uh, we'll put that on the docket for the next meeting. And then there was one. Oh, the other one is sometimes they do, they do these peeps pops. Which is you would think is a is a popsicle, but it's not. It's a it's a stick with four peeps shoved onto it, and you oh. just eat them off of a stick. Last year they did Fruit Loops flavors. This year is Mike and Ike's flavors. Ah, okay. and that so would have intrigued me. Those like that one was omitted because I would have had to buy four different pops for everybody, and yeah. those are kind of get a little more pricey too. So we are just I'm doing we're doing a how many one two three four five six seven seven, seven peeps. peeps and then a uh, a special. Uh, it's going to be a little so, overwhelming. So eight things to try. So we'll start things off. I wish we had some Easter music. I didn't, so I didn't think bad. about like getting a bunny hopping music or anything. And also, we tried to keep everything consistent. So on your plates, you will see all chick peeps except for one because I can only find this flavor in the bunny peep. So we're, we're trying to keep everything consistent okay. with what you're trying. So Yeah, you're going to be the captain of the order in which we we take them in. So we'll start in, if you've got your plates facing you, we'll start with the yellow peep, which is the classic marshmallow peeps. Also, if you go to Walmart, you'll see like the, the peeps in like all these different colors. They're all the same flavor. They just have col- uh, color dye in them. All so, right, so this is a classic one. So this is a classic, just a classic the classic marshmallow peep that you know the everybody knows. The one next knows. to the the green one we're the, doing the yellow classic. one. Yeah, the classic. Yeah, next to the green one. Yes. Okay. The yellow one. Okay. Here we go. The yellow. Just a classic peeps flavor. You got the little sugar granules yep. on the outside. Hate it. <laughs> yeah, man, that's yeah. that's just a marshmallow Ugh. and like. I don't know how y'all hate it. No, it's bad. I just don't like mm. marshmallows that much. No. I love it. It's been I a like long big, time. Big fluffy marshmallows. I like the smaller ones, not not these. I'm glad we're going to have a difference of opinion here because Cam hates it. I've not had regular peeps in I did finish years. It. In years. This is hitting. No. This is surprisingly good. Andrew our intern oh, no. is, is not on a mic. Andrew thumbs up or down. Thumbs up. It's just like standard marshmallow. Standard yep. marshmallow. Standard marshmallow. So he's a thumbs up guy. It's good. It's just, I mean, like the sugar on the outside tastes fine, but yeah. it's also just sugar, so it tastes like sugar, so it doesn't really taste like anything. It's just really sweet. And then yeah. you have the marshmallow inside that's just like, there's so much nothing here. If you're- All right, so it, honestly, I could go around if, if visual here. So Cam, kind of on my left, hates it the most. Yeah. Brant dislikes it. Yeah, not, not a fan. Andrew's neutral. <laughs> Still going right. Brooks likes it. Yeah. Generic like yeah. or really love it. I mean, it's Just good. Generic like. It's, it's good. I kind of love that. 
So we kind of went on a wheel there. Okay. We got progressively better as we went through the, the wheel there. By the way, uh, classic Peeps marshmallows were established in 1953. So this is over okay. 50 years old. Yeah. It's over 60 years old. And they've changed about nothing. 70 to be nothing. exact. Yeah. That, how about that? How about that? Math there you works. Go. All right. So, so okay. So that was General consensus is we all even out. Couple hate it. Couple really like it. One in the middle. Yeah. Uh, generic peep. Not for everyone, but for some. All right. What's so now, up? So now we're going to get to the, the weird and wacky flavors. All right. Oh, no. This I one, don't I do don't this. know if I've seen before, but I do not think that it is a, exclu- or a 2023 edition. So I think it's been on the shelves before, but I just have not tried it slash seen it. The green so one. So we're going to the green one. And if it this is, is cr- like avocado or something, I'm no, going to no, 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 no. <laughs> turn these, right around and hate everything. None of these are vegetable-based. Okay, good. Um, this is going to be, if you if you smell it, somebody somebody smell it, tell me what you think okay. it is. Watermelon. Anybody else? I mean, he seems I, confident. I, 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 know, I, I already smell. know what it is. So. Brant knows. Watermelon. It, sure. is, it is sour watermelon. Oh, sour. So this is going to be sour could watermelon. This be interesting. All right. We ready? Here we go. Should I chew directly into the mic? Yeah. Or? The sour doesn't hit you right off the bat, but there's a little, you get a little twinge of it. It's not overly sour. Hmm. You know, I'll, I'll lead off here. Over Again, the marshmallow in the middle is my least favorite part, but you've got actual flavor here. Like this, like again, the sugar on the outside is the best part, but it doesn't taste like nothing now. It tastes like sour watermelon and... You can hear my mouth like kind of foaming up a little bit. It's this like is it? good. This the, is good. I would sour, eat this. The sour sensation that you get on your tongue, like when you eat something sour, doesn't it's, kick in until you're all the way done with it. Yeah, that's when you start. It's to like get it. it's just a hint of sour. Yeah. Um, does that taste like a uh, sour worm to you at all? A little bit. Yeah. Our general manager Brooke Myers did also try this one prior to okay. us coming in here, and she said my mouth is still producing saliva from it. <laughs> Yeah, we've got uh, we got cups so, of water as palate cleansers. Cam, what do you think? You've been stewing over there. Cam's been in deep thought. Cam, I don't think I, Cam decides if he likes it or not. I still don't like it. Okay. But, but it's better than the original. More tolerable. Yes, it's, it's definitely it's better than definitely the original. Better than so the original. stock improved with Brant and Cam. Andrew, stock better. Improved. Stock improved. All right, Brooks, better or worse? I don't know. Because I think we're about to go reverse wheel I think here. we are about to go reverse <laughs> wheel. Because it's fine. I just don't like how the sour sits in the back yeah, of my throat. It definitely over. sits there. Like, it's just sitting there and just sitting there. And I even had some water. Just took a sip uh-huh. of water. It's still sitting there. See, I love that sour taste. I absolutely I, love it. It, it. I don't mind sour as I well. I would either. eat it again, it is, but I it's it is. I don't think it's better than the, than the original for me. It, I will I will eat a pound bag of Sour Patch Kids in one sitting if same. you let me. So, okay. if, I, if I don't think about that, it. 100%. That same. helps the populace that yeah, is enjoying I'll, this right now. I'll do that. I am retasting more sour, and that's not... That's not an, a positive or a minus. That's just a fascination that ha- something that is long lasting like this. It's okay. It's I don't I didn't like it as much as the original. I could eat multiples of them. I wouldn't buy them, but yeah. they're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I still don't think I would buy any of these. Okay. But I I did enjoy at least that not one. yet. I will not invest in a peep ever. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> he says confidently. No. All right. Well, here's the thing. I know what's coming next, and I'm not excited. Mm. Don't tell did you me that. did you pre-taste these or do no, you know I just okay. I know the order that we're going yeah. in. Okay. Okay. He can he saw them beforehand and then he also sees my my stack over here so that's what I'm grabbing next. All right, what do we got next then? All right, so we've got back-to-back reds here but they were very different. So we're going to go with the first red closest to the vacated space of the other okay. two peeps. Okay. So go ahead and and smell it. 
And Brant can't answer because he knows. And tell me what you think it is. Oh, what strong? Oh, it's a hot tamale. Is that what? Oh. Hang on, that's not what I smell. Hang on. It's I smell cinnamon. I know what a hot now tamale you, now smells like. Now, Ryan, do you like. smell fruit or cinnamon? I smell cinnamon. Okay. I know. Yeah, I smell cinnamon. I just I didn't. I don't know what a. Uh, My sense of smell sucks, so I, I can't. I can't tell. So this is one of the new flavors for 2023. Okay. It is hot tamales. You only have to take one I bite. Knew it. We should have gotten Cam some water. We should have gotten Cam some water. <laughs> These are hot tamales, fierce cinnamon. All right, fierce okay. cinnamon. I like fierce cinnamon. cinnamon. I don't right. love hot things. This is. Uh. It matches Cam's sweater. It's it's not hot at all. Honestly, there's not a lot of cinnamon in that bite. No. No. This, this just is, tastes like a regular one. This is one of those. This where is it's, very close to a regular one. This is one of those that it smells more cinnamony than it actually yeah. is. Yeah. It's just a disappointment, really. I was <laughs> expecting a much more volatile reaction, mm-hmm. and it just didn't give me anything to go off of. It's, it just tastes like a regular Now, let pizza. it sit there for a minute just, just to see if it does anything, because that's what the, the sour one did. <laughs> Sounds like a science experiment. Just <laughs> Brooks, let's see how they Brooks, interact. I hate you said that, because like as you were saying it, like it appeared like a little bit on my tongue. <laughs> Like, I feel it tingling, like, just a bit, and I don't know if it's, like, you suggesting it that made it happen or if it's actually happening. So my thoughts are, I like it better than the watermelon, but it didn't achieve its purpose. Like, it like it didn't really you execute. Didn't get the hot tamales. It didn't execute uh, what it was trying to taste like. It smelled like how it wanted to smell like, but uh, when you're eating food, I prefer the, the taste to the smell. Again, the taste was fine because, again, like, like Brand said, it was very close to the original. Uh, but if you were look, if you're buying that with the with, with the intention of you're feeling like, a little, you're like little a hot heat on fan cinnamon, and you're like, yeah, Ooh. you're not going to get that. You'll get it in the smell, but not in the taste. Yeah. The uh, Cam, is your stomach okay? I am not a fan. Not a fan. Now, do you like it better or worse than the original? Because that feels like the original was at your bottom. Yeah, you like the, the watermelon more. Yeah, I do like the watermelon. So far, the watermelon leaves. Also, I still have some of the sour in the back of my throat. It's yeah, I'm it's, good. It's, I think I'm good. Maybe I still think it's better than the original. It kind of tastes like the original, but you okay. know, I do taste a little bit of cinnamon. So it's like, did you really a positive just, helping just, of cinnamon? I didn't get I didn't get any cinnamon from my bite. Just a tad, just a tad. I of got cinnamon. A scotch, yeah. Um, Other words to describe very small amounts. Yeah, and so it's it's. An it's acute better. amount. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's better than the original. It, it definitely is the original. Still, man, Brooks, what did you tier. think? I don't think I don't think it was as good as the sour watermelon, and definitely not as good as the original. Okay, so strong number three. Are you just kind of mad? It, you sound kind of mad that they well, didn't taste. Yeah, sound that's the that's the disappointing one. Is is you're expecting like it says fierce cinnamon on the thing, and then on the back the description is. Get fired up with the cinnamon flavor of hot tamales and Peeps Marshmallow. Two classic yeah. candies come together in one sweet and spicy treat. Boy, not classic fun. candies, Peeps and hot tamales. Classic. Hot tamales have yeah. been just around for a long classics. time. Classics. I know, but like... Andrew, I just, you kind of agreed, didn't perform like you wanted it to? Had the smell, but wasn't there. It was like, that's like false advertising. False advertising. False advertising. False advertising. False advertising. Like, yeah. It just had, the more, it had more... It was more intensive a smell than it was the actual taste. All right. We've tried three of the four. We've, we're halfway through this segment. We need to go on to the next one now. Here All we right. go. So the next red one, if you want to pick up and smell it. Red one again. Yeah. yeah we're going back-to-back right. reds. Ooh, I actually this one smells really strong. This smells like strawberry cupcake. This. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, like a yeah. I know what it is. I'm actually excited like a for this one. Red velvet, mm. kind of 
Strong. Yeah, this smells cakey. Yeah, it's cupcake, like it. cake, something. I, I, I just sniffed the microphone. This one, I'm <laughs> trying to sniff the peep again. <laughs> I, I, I the can't smell anything. I'm looking forward to this one. <laughs> Tom Peavy breath. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's not here to defend himself. So uh, this is I've I've definitely had this one before. This is Peeps Marshmallow Fruit Punch. Oh. Okay, interesting. I thought they were gonna say strawberry shortcake. Yeah, yeah right. It's, All right. Uh, fruit punch. Wow, that's punchy. This is the best punchy. one. Yeah, this is really good. This actually. is the best one so far. I don't know. Hands down. Did this infuse with Hawaiian punch or something? It's actually like a strong... Like, the marshmallow doesn't just taste like marshmallow. Yeah, actually It's not just the, the sugar on the outside. There's more to it. It's a deliciously refreshing taste of fruit punch flavor. It's yeah. fruit punchy. For sure fruit punchy. It's punchy. I, I like anyone anything better than the watermelon. This is my top really? one. Really? Because, like, the watermelon <laughs> is, like, my strong number two right now. It's this I, one, then watermelon, yes. and then a big gap, and then the rest. This is why boom. we bring five people in the room, so that we boom. we all have a little something I, different. Brent and I are on the same in our rankings mm-hmm. right now. Really, it's like... I think I have this second. I still think second. I just... I was. I don't know. I was pleasantly surprised by the original one. Really? I just... just I just... I feel it. Hey, some people I feel are like original. you're, you're getting, you're They're, getting. I respect. I don't it. want to say blinded, but I do want to say you're being affected by nostalgia. I, so, <laughs> I respect. But it. you see, I hadn't had it in years, and I didn't even think I really liked it. So it wasn't like I remembered a positive feeling. I just didn't really remember it at all. That's fair. So I think what's going on for me is there's two ways to look at this, and I'm going ultra deep on food, and we don't have time for this, but I'm doing it for 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, is that you can either grade it based off just pure taste if you yourself like that taste that flavor or you can grade it off of does it achieve its purpose is it is it what it says it is that is very much the ultra king of being it says what it says or it is what it says it is yeah um so on that it's number one because it it is uh, achieves that fruit punch i like fruit punch i don't love fruit punch Mm. therefore i'm putting fruit punch second but okay. Brooks, that's fair. Right, how do you feel about fruity drinks? Since we're, and I don't They're mean good. like cocktails. I mean like fruit punch and no, stuff, yeah. like flavored water and Quality. stuff like that. Definitely, I, I, like I also love that. Yeah. So I, I have the fruit. fruit Andrew's punch. number one. Yeah. Fruit, number fruit one. punch is this. This is my number one, and and, and watermelon is my number two. Um, a gap, hot tamale, huge gap, original. Get that original <laughs> off of Cam's lawn. <laughs> I'm so serious. It tastes awful to me. It's Bro- so bad. Brooks, your ranking so far? Uh, still m- original's number one for me. Okay. There's nothing that's, that's taken that's part. Bizarre. I'm gonna, bizarre. I'm going to have to jump just the fruit punch over the sour watermelon. Okay. Just barely. And then hot tamales is definitely last. All right. But I'm, I didn't enjoy fruit punch as, I thought I, as much as I thought I was going to. Like, I thought it was going to be clear number two. Okay. But it, it's it's just there. It's just there. It's All right, there. three more to try, it's and then a just there. special surprise. All right, so the the se- the next one is we have we've had success with this flavor before in other tastings that we've done. Okay, this is if you want to give it a give it a smell. Is it the? This it's one? it's uh, oh no, it's the uh, the the confetti Ooh. looking. The, the one. one that looks like birthday. Is it, Ooh, yeah. is it confetti? Is it birthday cake? Okay, this, this smells like this, confetti. Yeah, this smells birthday. like a birthday cake type Con- of thing. Confetti please cake. be good. Confetti it is, please be good. It is party cake. Party cake. Party yeah. cake. Right. They're okay. describing it as okay. sweet taste of vanilla cake flavors. What the descri- description? It is. is a vanilla cover color, and it does look like it has sprinkles. Oh yeah, I mean I know Cam's not liking it. I like this. I'm disappointed. <laughs> 
It's not. Like, it, it. This is another one that's like it smelled stronger yes. than it actually tastes. Yeah, but it's still, it's it still has more vanilla flavor than the than the mm. hot tamales had of cinnamon flavor. It does, it does have a legit. Head. It has a legitimate birthday cake taste to yes. it, even though it does smell stronger than the it, taste. And it's a little fainter. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. catching it on the back end with the vanilla for sure. I, it, I like that. It's growing on me. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's growing on me. All right, but I'm glad we're. we're this is this is going to be why everyone out there should go and do this exercise because you're all going to think differently because we've all thinking differently just amongst five people in here. Got a couple people with the backgrounds of liking peeps, a couple with the backgrounds of not liking peeps, and we're all coming up with different stuff here. I freaking love that. that Andrew, was good. Andrew, how do you feel about peeps as as a background thing? Uh, ne- never really was like a fa- fan. It was like it was kind of just a novelty thing. I mean, it's like, for me, it's like it's kind of like they're okay. Yeah. When, All right. When they did. Yeah. Fair they're enough. just there. They're just always around. That's fair. All right. What do you guys think? There. Where would you put that? That's that's still that's still underneath the that's that's still underneath the the sour watermelon for okay. me. But it's like I would I would eat more than one of those and be like, all right, that was good. So if I had to do my rankings, I would I would still keep the the fruit punch at one for sure. Um, Brooks gonna have another. Yeah, one. I, 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 I <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna do. Show. I'm gonna do the watermelon at two, but I could also, I could, I could have this one at two as well. Okay, um, for sure. They, so, they could be tied at two, like two a two b okay. type thing. Um, gap, hot tamale, bottom basement level, original. original. I'm, I'm, I, I'm not putting it past the original. I am putting it second. It's a very That's close. Fair. It's very close. I just don't understand your infatuation with the original. It's just good. It, does, it doesn't not. taste like anything. It tastes like nothing. It's like air. It's like marshmallow. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah, which I, doesn't taste like anything. It. Okay. No, I'm, I'm I don't not here to this. argue. Like, I taste, I, yeah. I, I, I was. I was drinking water <laughs> last. I, I'm not kidding. I was drinking water last night, and I was thinking about. I remember in school when people used to say water doesn't have a taste. That's a oh, like, that's and then, false. And then it's like, people. Then you grow up and you, you realize had, you mature when you realize it does have a taste. You ever yeah. Deer Park. Yeah. No. You know Deer Park. No. Water. You know Deer Park water. <laughs> Dasani water. You yeah, know no, Dasani. Dasani water. See, I like Dasani. I like I like drinking Dasani water. It it's, makes you thirstier though. For sure. Does it? Yes. It doesn't for it. me. It has a it has a chemical or does it really? Yeah. Never. Never noticed. I mean, I like maybe the taste maybe too, because like I'm so full of salt anyway, like I can, it doesn't affect me. But yeah, we ever had Evian right. water? All right, got to move on. You ready? Next one. Yep. Next one. We're going to the bunny. Big filter. The only water the bag. only bunny left here. <laughs> the only bunny. The only bunny in the in the pack. This one could challenge Ryan's uh, party cake. I wonder I'm, I'm, what this could be. I'm convinced it could challenge Ryan's. It's just a brown brown uh, rabbit. It's, it's chocolate brown rabbit. something. It is anybody else? It smells very chocolatey. I actually don't know what the official name of it is. Coffee. It is, no wait. Yeah, yeah. If like it's coffee, coffee, I'm not gonna love. Now, it. Now, this is gonna be a specific no. one because you, you got to think about this. This is like just Dutch chocolate. chocolate this, this, it's milk not milk chocolate. Brazilian it is chocolate. chocolate pudding. Oh. It's not just chocolate. It is chocolate pudding. Okay. So you know, like when you eat chocolate pudding, you know you're eating chocolate pudding from the flavor. That's fair. Like you know what that flavor is. Okay. All right. Here we go. Ooh. <laughs> that was an audible. It's very chocolatey. Like it takes a second, but once the flavor hits, it hits hard. This is good too. That's very good. This is good too. Overall, I am unmoved, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not awful. 
It's yeah. above the original for Cam. That's what counts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything that we try probably here is going to be above the original. I wouldn't say that yet. No. We've got one more Did left. Did he save the worst for last? I wouldn't it? say the worst. It's the, oh, maybe the weirdest. I would on. say the worst. We were on a good run there. I like that one, too. It's 2A and 2B with original. Oh, man. Maybe mm. two. Maybe maybe lean more towards two. I think I like the fruit flavors more than that yeah, one, but that one's, one's probably a solid this three. One, yeah, this one's sitting at, at three for me. And um, it, it the, tastes the, what it, it meant to taste. In like. the yeah. tier, in it, the tier yeah. three when, area. When you, and it did you taste how it, it was supposed yeah, to. You, so. you tasted chocolate pudding, not just chocolate. Yeah, this is 1A and 1B with a fruit punch for me. Okay. okay. Way up right. there for Andrew. It's up there for Andrew. I'm going to go knock off. Chocolate pudding's my number one. Okay. Wow. okay. Finally, I'm gonna finally knock the original down. I'm gonna I'm gonna say chocolate pudding's number one for me. Okay, that was good. I, on that was on solid. the whole, that might be the most universally appreciated. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. That tasted well, like chocolate. Until we get to the next one, don't worry. Oh, I don't know if this will be universally appreciated. It might be universally something else. <laughs> all right, what is it? Though? All right, I don't next. Know the trash can's all the way over there. You look at, <laughs> look at it. It's kind of. Oh, like I see. A, it's it looks... like a buttery flavor. Not flavor. Look, buttery. What smell. is this smell? I can't smell anything. It doesn't. It's not, it's not strong enough. Strong for, what is yeah. not strong enough for me to get? A what smell. am I about to eat? eat is it gonna be like bottom. popcorn or something? You are about to enjoy the sweet and salty flavor sweet and salty. of freshly popped. Oh, po- it is popcorn. Kettle corn. Nah, I was uh, close. <laughs> kettle, What's the difference is, between popcorn and kettle corn anyway? You kettle corn's sweeter. Way sweeter. Yeah. Sweeter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Way sweeter. Fair enough. Now this flavor, I'll say, is new for 2023, and it is only available at Kroger stores. This is a Kroger store exclusive. Oh no! <laughs> no! No! Out, no! Out! Hard no. out! Oh, ah, gross! Not a fan. Why does it take so long for the flavors of these things to hit? Like oh, why? Man. It just tastes like a regular marshmallow, and then you take two or three chews of it, and then all of a sudden it's Cam's dying. Cam's it's dying. not. It's not that bad. Oh, no. <laughs> the original is not last. Yeah. <laughs> this is core bad. Oh boy. Yeah, this is very very. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of this at all. So okay, let me. Okay, here's it, what I've learned. It and the tamale have gone uh, unfinished. <laughs> I've discovered I like peeps. That is probably like my fifth or sixth out of seven, but I don't dislike it. It's not the one I would prefer. It's yeah. down there with like the the watermelon. Yeah. For me, I think watermelon ended up la- the cinnamon deal that wasn't cinnamon and watermelon are six and seven, and then this is five, and then four is. Oh no, I'm losing the birthday cakes one. <laughs> party, party cake. T- uh, cake. Birthday. Cake. Vanilla. Uh, t- two's the chocolate pudding. 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 And then originals three or four. I can't remember what the other one is. If I get a you brown, if fruit, I get a brown, you say fruit punch. Fruit punch. Uh, original three. Fruit punch four. My, uh, me and my fiance. Oh well, my fiance has a cat, and it's about to be our cat when we get married. Dumpling. That's already your cat. Should I get a brown cat? Name it Puddin. Dumpling and Puddin. Dumpling yes. Puddin. I yes. support that. I don't know. I'll Dumpling's pretty tonight. hostile. I don't know if she can coexist. She is a. She is an only child. Yeah, I don't know. I don't All know right. where I want to put think? these. Ugh. I don't. I'm debating whether I want to put them above or below fruit punch. I'm gonna put them below fruit punch. I did like yeah. the fruit yeah. punch flavor a little bit more. Andrew down towards the bottom for you too. Very bottom. Very bottom. This wasn't yeah. Cam. Very bottom. My, my yeah. Well, well, horrible. My Brand? top five stay the same. Yeah. This then. is 
This uh, is last place for me. Original. As well. Wow. Original. Universally disliked. Original basement. This one. I didn't six hate feet it. under. Yeah, I didn't hate it either. I, didn't hate I it. put it five out of seven though. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty no, low. That's where. That's exactly where I put it. Five out of seven too. I think it's better than the than for me. It's better than the sour watermelon and the hot tamale. But it's not as good as a fruit punch. Well, Brooks, thanks you. Thank you for saving the, the absolute worst for last wow. for everybody. Oh. All right. Are you ready for the the, the special one now? The yes. encore. This is what spurred the peeps taste test was a few weeks ago i was drinking one of these in studio when we were talking to our, our uh, justin uh, just justin ferguson yeah i mean it was, came out peeps last year pepsi did a crossover with peeps and they did a peeps marshmallow flavored pepsi but it was one of those weird ones where it's or not weird ones but like one of those exclusive products where it's like hey register to win one of these where they only made like a few hundred cans or whatever right. this year they introduced them to the entire world and so you can buy these anywhere. These the mini cans is what we've got today. Available you can get them at Kroger, Dollar General. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Oh. Can we all pop them into the mic at the same time? <laughs> all right. Ready? Three, one, two. two, one. Yes, sir. Yeah. That was exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Heck yeah. All right. So here we go. So I've had this before, so this is up to y'all. Peeps flavored Pepsi. Peeps flavored Pepsi. We go. We're you going. Want, you want to smell it first? Yeah. Oh, and Ryan didn't. It smells like soda. I don't like that. No, wow. I don't like that. Immediately. It just tastes like Pepsi to me. I oh, drink same. I drink very large amounts of soda. <laughs> very um, large I'm amounts. I am 80% soda, 10% sweet tea. The 10% sweet tea, 5% sport drink, 5% water. This I, I there are like two sodas. That I don't like. That's like a net dislike. Uh-huh. Sprite Zero does not need to exist. I agree. <laughs> this is getting down towards that would not tolerate. I pretty much only drink Sprite. I don't drink any other soda. Uh, well, Orange Fanta, Sprite and Orange Fanta. That's pretty mm-hmm. much the only two sodas that I really consume. Um, it, it's ninety percent Pepsi. It is. Yeah, yeah. I, it I, is. I agree with you guys. It's mostly just base Pepsi. But the extra ten percent sucks. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want the extra ten percent. <laughs> it's it's also like a little room temperature at this point because we've had it on the desk for this entire segment. I, I don't know. I like my it, sodas colder than this. It's cold to me. It's cold enough. This is how I, I described it when I drank it the first time. The marshmallow flavor in it is very chemically. Like it's it a is very super chemical, chemically. If it's it's I not agree. like a Brooks. I might not finish that. That's your prerogative. That's your. That I is don't your usually can waste of, soda. That's your can of pe- Peeps Pepsi. Yeah, I'm done with it. So and where would you rank it with the other Peeps? <laughs> I don't know. Somewhere Last, in the dead above, middle. Like I don't drink ab- Pepsi all that much. Above I don't really like the it. original and the above that yeah, other yeah, abomination. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to do a little waterfall. What a disappointment! Uh, yeah, what a disappointment! <laughs> yeah. I can't tell one more disappointment than like. Is it, it because it's peep or eeps, or it's because it's Pepsi? I agree. Really <laughs> uh-huh. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. So, as a native of the state of Georgia, it's I'm like it's on your birth certificate. Pepsi. You can't drink Pepsi. It's true. Um, for what it's worth, for what it's worth, not that everyone needs to know, regular Pepsi is one of my least favorite regular versions of any soda. I drink the crap out of Diet Pepsi, but regular Pepsi, not a big fan of. I had Diet Pepsi earlier today. So to reference that, um, this is just, Pepsi does not its base flavor is not as good to me. And then also when they try their other flavors, they're not as good as when Coke 
tries their other flavors. Mm-hmm. So I'm just a no for me. Coke has some of the best like alternative flavors. Yep, it's like true. ever. Yeah, like vanilla, vanilla Coke and Cherry Coke. Exactly. Are I was gonna say that's why they're our sponsor. The sports call. Amen. Podcast. I just almost burped in the mic. That was true. <laughs> so okay. Overall though, Cam, you're fine with it. Not yeah. great, but fine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Brant, no thanks. Yeah. For someone who doesn't, I would. Yeah. I would. Andrew, I'm no sorry. thanks. Something else. Brooks, nah. Take it or leave it. Yeah. I'm not. It's. I'm not reaching for it in the in the yeah, store. But. Me neither. I'm a no thanks. But if you offer it to me, sure, I'll drink it. Well, that got wacky there. Uh, that <laughs> that uh, that that was a letdown at the end for me. I was having such a good time realizing <laughs> I like Peeps until we the last the flavor corn. of Peeps, and then uh, kettle corn, and, and then Pepsi Peeps, Peeps Pepsi. <laughs> Brooks, thank you for uh, bringing those in. Yeah, we will have other Wacky Wednesdays. Oh, uh, we will have some more food involved Wacky Wednesdays. We will have liquid. You know, I wish involved we could Wacky do. Wednesdays. Uh, don't I, I don't like how you separated food and liquid. <laughs> you know, what I wish we could do. Is a wacky Wednesday. If I wish we could get those new products from Turner Field or not Turner Field from Truist Park. Yeah. Oh bring goodness. Them down. <laughs> what is it like? The sandwich that's made out of four waffles. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, ridiculous yeah. like that. We talked when we talked about that on yesterday's show. If you missed that, check it out on the Sports Call podcast. Brought to you by Coke. <laughs> we I get wish, it. Wish good plug. Good plug. I wish we could do that. Good plug. Nice. My, uh, my I texted my girlfriend a picture of all the peeps and I was telling her that we were trying them on the show. And she was like, that, that Peeps Pepsi looks interesting. I said, yeah. And I said, I'll let you know. And I tried. I said, uh, it tasted like regular Pepsi. She goes, well, that's a letdown. Yeah. <laughs> Can confirm. Brooks, thanks for bringing yeah. all that in, sir. Had a lot of fun today. Thank you for, you purchased all that. But we appreciate you. For Got doing wacky. Uh, Brant, thank you for coming in here and taste testing. Andrew as well. Uh, Cam, thanks for being on the show today. Yes, sir. Uh, quick nightly TV guide. You got Louisville and Kentucky softball, 5.30. Auburn and Sanford, 6 o'clock on ESPN+. And you got a Mavs and 76ers game on ESPN at 6.45. Of course, White Claw Heart Seltzer, the sponsor of our nightly TV guide. That will do it for the show today. We appreciate Kevin McAlpin of the Braves Radio Network for joining us. We appreciate all those who tuned in and called in. For Cam Berry, Brant Daughtry, and Brooks Childress, my name is Ryan Lavoy. Auburn softball coming up in just about 10 minutes. Stay tuned for that. In other words, have a great night, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Weather, brought to you by Auburn University Credit Union. Thinking about buying a new vehicle? Now is the time with Auburn University Credit Union's 90-day no-pay auto loan promotion. Offer ends April 30th, 2023. Equal opportunity lender. Wednesday, we'll see a bit of a cool down off of previous days. High temperatures in the mid to upper 60s, around 67 to 68 degrees. A little cloud.